Bam, we're live. Kevin Smith, Amanda, Alan, Bruce. What if I had reels? What if I had someone who would do reels for me? What if you did reels for me and the podcast doubled inside every year for five years and in five years you had the dream job? I, I think it would be, I actually think it's the dream job now. How do I not have reels every single day? I just want little tiny reels made. Like I say one thing that's got to be the funniest thing ever said on the planet every show. And you take that, you turn it into a reel and then take one thing that makes me sound smarter than God and Jordan Peterson if they had a kid and then make those reels for me. Or how about this? How about you just tell me when I do it and put it in the comments down below. I never ask you to hit the like button. I never ask you to subscribe. But what if you just marked in what? Oh, God. I want to say I came up with it myself. So let's just pretend I did. What if in the comments, everyone put when something really smart was said by me or my guest or something really funny? And then that way you've done half the work for me. Mm -hmm. Sound check. Outsourcing. Raw, you're not on today's show. You're on tomorrow's show. What are you doing here? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You were on yesterday's show. What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm here now. There's only three or four shows, I think it's three, but let's say four, that, I've, that I didn't prepare for at all. And last night, I started preparing for the show. I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to prepare for this show at all. Usually, I do hours of preparation. I was thinking this morning, what are we going to talk about? Well, Savan's going to have something. <laughs> well, it's, it's a huge compliment, I think. I think it's, a, I think it's, a, I would have never done it. I have, it scares the shit out of me to do it, but, but I think it's a, a huge, um, I, I have, I have faith in us. There was this, um, I don't know if this is true. It's how I remember it. In the Bible, there's this um, point where uh, homeboy, our homeboy Jesus is uh, going to get killed. Yeah. J dog. Thank you. He's going to get killed. And he tells the apostles, Hey, after they, after they kill me, they're going, someone's going to be like, dude, there's nothing like that in the Bible, but quiet, quiet. Listen, uh, he's going to get killed. And, uh, he tells all his homies, the apostles, he says, Hey, listen, after they kill me, they're going to come for you and they're going to make you speak. Whatever you do, don't prepare your defense. Just open your mouth and let God speak through you. And I remember reading that. I was like, Oh yeah, shit. That's dope. Yeah, can you imagine if every single person did that? There'd be no agenda. Everybody would be present. You know that whole Jesus thing. I was one of my friends on Instagram. You mean was, same J Dog? <laughs> Jeshua. Yeah, uh, he was apparently at the place where he was baptized uh, yesterday. He was posting about it, but the the crucifixion and the baptism and somewhere else, some somebody I know was like a. Bible freak. And he was telling me that those were initiation processes and that the death experience is similar to what people are doing now with ayahuasca and DMT, right? So they're they going through initiate. He was going through initiation practices, crossing over to the other side. So baptism, he really drowned. Baptism used to be you would actually get drowned in the river and then brought back to life. And then that was an initiation process. You would learn from that experience. And that was all the original waterboarding. Yeah. <laughs> and that was all in preparation for the crucifixion, which was also 
another death, but that was a real physical death. And, and I, apparently he was charging his Ka body with sex magic, the sex magic of ISIS with Mary Magdalene. And he returned everybody thought in the flesh, but it was, it was more of a etheric return to the world. Uh, those of us who've experienced, um, something that we can't explain that's like death, uh, that makes perfect sense. 100% perfect sense. Uh, ayahuasca, do you think those people, I, I was thinking about that actually this morning in the shower. Those people are, um, cheating's harsh, cheating's harsh, but what have you really done to make the journey on your own? Have you run 100 miles? Have you fasted for 10 days? Have you tried to stay perfectly still? Have you surrendered to everything? Have you ever been homeless? You're telling me you're telling me you're going to go do drugs to find God, and you've never just walked out your front door and started heading towards Florida from California. Something that I was just thinking that, like, hey man, there's other ways to, uh, like, that should be the treat. It's it's like a um, it almost seems, I don't know. I mean, I fucked around with some psychedelics in college, and they were awesome for me. But what mm -hmm. about just fucking imposing your will on yourself like no other man on planet Earth has ever done? Yeah, I've 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 studied and researched, which isn't the same thing as experiencing experiencing. But I've I I'm you've never done any of that stuff. No, good mushrooms a few times. Mm -hmm. That's but while I playing hockey or LSD a few times as well. While playing hockey or doing something like going no. out into nature and, and yeah. looking. Okay, yeah, more ceremonial. The ayahuasca, 5-MeO-DMT, DMT, all of San Pedro, those I'm open to, but it's not anything I'm searching for. I've been pretty open to the experience for over 10 years. It just hasn't ever felt like it came, it came to me, right? So like you're saying, cheating is a harsh word. I don't know what the right word is, but it, it is, it's a step almost that is too easy to take and everything that i've i've looked at from people channeling messages from other dimensions or extraterrestrials nowhere do these interdimensional or higher dimensional beings say or nowhere do they recommend these sort of things uh, there is a book called the immortality key or the immortality code that talks about how all of religion was really uh, people just on psychedelic medicines. Basically, the Eucharist, or you know, you drink. They all they all talk about these beers or these potions that were drank, and apparently, in the barley grass or the barley that they would make these drinks out of. I don't know how to pronounce it. The cochion, the cochion, cochion. I like these that. Drinks, Let's go with cochion. Like <laughs> cock, cock. These drinks that they're made of also had ergot mushrooms growing in them. And that's what LSD uh, is made from. So they're really just having these, quote, spiritual experiences because they're on psychedelics. And that's the entire basis of religion, according to this book and, and witchcraft as well. Do you ever remember being drunk um, as a young man and, and 
with some close friends and all of a sudden just it, everything is just like really fun, reckless abandon. You're pouring beers on each other. You're running out into the ocean. People are naked. You guys are laughing. It doesn't even, you're just drinking and beers pouring down. It's just, there's this reckless abandon and you realize that at some point, Oh, I could be like this without being drunk, but being drunk. And it's so fun. It's like, so there's this freeing, it's like this cascade of just more and more doors just open or shedding more and more skins and sort of this freedom. And, um, and you realize, Oh, I could do this without alcohol, but if I hadn't have ever drank, I might not have ever had this experience. It, it was just like a tool to experience it once to know this type of freedom is a reckless abandon is possible. Well, that's how, do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's integrating the experience, right? You're you're using those states of being and you're integrating it into your everyday life, which is which is why I've only done mushrooms a couple or th- a few times and same thing with Lucy. <clears throat> What's Lucy? LSD. Oh. Lucy in the sky Dude, with diamonds, right? Does L- someone can you call it that if you've only done it a couple of times? It seems like that's a little more uh <laughs> You need, you need like you need to be like selling sheets of it to I, call it Lucy. Well, I had I had the friends that were doing it every single weekend, and you do need code words for texting and talking about it in public. But yeah, the ayahuasca all the time. These psychonauts, you know, I, I meet a lot of people, and a lot of the, a lot of the people that are doing psychedelics all the time aren't exactly they're not a role model for me to want to be doing it, to be like them. They're, they're on, they're a little, a little too ungrounded for me, which is, which is great to be. It's just at this stage, I, I like being in this reality and have coherent thoughts more on uh, grounded on this reality. I like learning from their experience, but for me, it's not, it's not where I want to go right now. And I also, like I was saying earlier, if it comes to me in a way, like if it, if it's manifested in my life where it seems resonate resonating for me to go in that direction, then, then it makes sense to do, but it's not anything I'm going to search out and try. There's a lot that, you know, when we die, there's a, there's a, apparently a big DMT release and DMT is all throughout nature. So this, what if you get decap? What if you get decapitated? Do you still get it? So I think I've heard of study, uh, not studies, but I've heard of people that have gotten executed. And so they've got their, their head chopped off and they like blink and they continue blinking for like 10 seconds after they get their head chopped off. So, I mean, I don't know what part of us is us is the head. Do you, do you retain your sense (laughs) of me? Someone showed me a chicken the other day that got its head chopped off and lived. And they fed it with an eyedropper. Like when they cut it off, somehow it just got cauterized perfectly and the chicken lived, but it just was a headless chicken. So the body lived, but the head didn't. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, that is a very, that's, that's a, uh, good morning, Caleb. Hi. Morning. Uh, oh, look, Caleb's there and he brought up the headless chicken. Thank you. Uh, Caleb's running the back end. Caleb, meet raw, raw, meet Caleb. Caleb. Hello. Mike, Mike, the headless, the headless chicken. chicken, April 20th, 1945 to March 17th, 1947. So he lived almost two years, was a male Wyandotte chicken that lived for 18 months after his head had been cut off. After the loss of his head, Mike achieved national fame until his death in 1947 in Fruta, Colorado. An annual Mike, the headless chicken day is held every May. 
Anyway, I take us off subject with these shenanigans. Sorry, this is just circus bullshit. We're talking about saving the planet here. Um, <laughs> you can find anything on the um, internet, right? Ra? I don't even know what to make of that. But there's uh, something there. Okay, so DMT, you could rele- you release some DMT when you die. So that's like what you were saying. What if you spend your entire life in this experience... Who knows? I mean, I don't know if there's a there's a certain amount that our body n- produces, but if we're taking these these psychedelics that is releasing DMT into our body, what is the actual death experience like if we've already went through it many times during life? Are we going to be well practiced or are we going is it just going to be an empty experience? I don't know, but for me I'm just going to let 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 it happen. If DMT comes to me in a way that makes sense, then I may say yes. But for right now, I'm not searching out, searching it out. One time, uh, like $1,800 of Viagra came my way. Um, that's uh, that's it's, a lot. Oh, it's so much. It's so much. I, I actually think it was more after I said that, I was like, I think it's actually like $2,400 of Viagra. I, I still have it all. Well, all but one. I took one once. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, but I have a funny. I have. I went and saw this. This. I don't. Rec- I, if you have a good working dick, I don't recommend taking that. It. it, it it's. It's a. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> I. This. It, it's pretty gnarly. This. Uh. This Qigong master ripped me off, and he charged me like five hundred dollars for a bunch of pills that he said was cordyceps, and he said I needed it for my kidneys. But I really think he just sold me like $500 worth of Viagra. He didn't sell you Viagra. Let me tell you something. That shit is gold for some people. He sold you $500 worth of B12. No, Why man. would he give you Viagra? Because you, just, you took, because you took one of your cock so, was so hard. Yes, like it was going to break. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 And I, I, and he was a charlatan. So I think that he kept on telling me if this works, call me and I'll give you more. I'll sell you more. I'll sell you more. I, I sell to Donald Trump. He's, he just kept on, <laughs> Oh shit! But I think it was just something like that, Viagra or whatever the other one is. So it came my way, yeah. It came my way, and I used one, and then and now I just I have this whole I have this drawer that just has like stuff in it, like it has a bunch of cash in it that I used to pay like the instructors that come to the house. It's got all those Viagra pills. It's got like a bunch of coins in it, like silver doll. You know what I mean? It's just one of those drawers. But I don't know what to do. I I have this. I have you know twenty four hundred dollars minus one pill of Viagra in there. So many people are going to DM me now. Can you send that to me? No, I'm not sending it to you. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait till I get old. It was a weird experience. Wait, so when you said that they, it came to you, you're talking about like in the, in the last few. In the, you got in lucky, Caleb. Time. I was going to ask you about Viagra. You got lucky, Caleb. It came to me meaning, meaning someone, someone gave it to me. You know what I mean? It entered my life. Like someone's like, hey, dude, like, look in at all this. In history. Yeah, I mean, this was this. To tell you the truth, I probably had it for almost ten years now. But I, but but it's not it's not an enjoyable experience. It's not um, it's not that. Well, I I I guess if you couldn't get hard, it could be. Yeah, I took the whole pill. It was brutal. It was brutal. (laughs) You need you need like ten you need like ten girls, and you need like it's like it's like a fucking week. (laughs) Like if the wind blows on it during the entire week, the shit gets fucking hard as like glass. It's it's bad. And you, you can't, can't let your thoughts wander. You got to like be like basketball, basketball, basketball. It's fucked up. 
Um, there's this girl in in the um, chat right now. Her name's Heidi. I don't see I don't see her comments now, but she has this. Uh, oh, there she is. Good morning. Uh, she has this um, Instagram account that just destroys my, my podcast. I can only okay. imagine how mean they're going to be to you. I apologize in advance. I mean, they're mean oh, to so me she too. Just don't watches it and then she yeah. comments on it. She watches it and gives a show summary. And like I, every time I say something, like I bring up Viagra, and I just think of, oh, I'm gonna get destroyed. <laughs> I'm gonna get. To, I I was thinking about the only way to. I was thinking about maybe hiring her to do my my real Instagram. You just can you you could make a podcast commenting on her summary of your podcast. I had a friend in downtown LA. He died. Good idea. But uh, he would always post his negative Yelp reviews on the front of oh. his barber shop and there's a big sign that said people hate us on Yelp. And so then it became a thing. Then his his customers would purposely leave negative reviews so they could get on the front of his store. Wow. And he Did became he like, like that famous. Wow. And he loved me act- because that's when I was going through all my stuff. Um, oh, really? You were like, "Okay, I'll just embrace it." <laughs> Yeah. Is that is that yeah. Hey, that that is the thing though. That the, the where we are in society and and basically what's the healthiest for for your ego is to when you have shortcomings to lean into them. Mm-hmm. Bolt Barbers. Matt was Did he, how did he die? Fentanyl. And one day he 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 told me like, "Hey, let's go out to lunch, man. I'm going through a bunch of stress. My my ex-wife's make me pay all this money and I'm super stressed. The business isn't doing so well. I opened another one. It's not doing so well. And I was like, yeah, let's go out to lunch. And then he just didn't wake up one day, a few days after that. I think he just died from stress, like just stress. How old was he? Young, 40 something, probably. Um, uh, yeah, I guess when you're smart, you call it satire, what she's doing. That that Instagram account that makes fun of me, that mm-hmm. hurts my feelings every day. I guess in the literary world, world that's called satire. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey. I just, how, how, go ahead. I just discovered the comment section on here. How are you staying out of, um, how do you stay out of the right left narrative so well? I have no, I have no idea what any of that means. Like none of it. And like you're blissfully ignorant. It's not a narrative. It's not a, it's not a, um, a paradigm that, that you're interested in or it just doesn't even stick for you. I guess I would believe, I would like to believe that I can see beyond it and see that it's, it's just like the gladiator. It's just like any other game meant to distract the public. Right. So meant from, to meant to, yes. I mean, it's set up like, uh, like we've been taught our entire life looking at sports, right? You got two different sides and they're arguing with each other and and we've got the public are choosing a side and almost identify, literally identify, not almost, but they identify with the side where almost that becomes more important than their own life and their own for sure intuition and, and sovereignty. And and then you're aligned with a group of people. And you almost can release responsibility for yourself because you get absorbed into the group. And then the groups have heads 
and then they are battling with another group and it's all made up just like NFL is made up, but NFL is real. It's like real life to the players, but it's also just as real life to the people at home watching it on TV. And this is all just, you know, it's been going on for thousands of years. It's, it's the gladiator arena meant to distract men because it's easiest to rule people if they're distracted with games. When when you say men, do you think that, that, um, you think that it could go away? You don't think it's like part and parcel with just existence and the way our mind is set up. So that's the thing with, with this life. Uh, from my understanding, there's been other planets where things were blissful and everything was cohesive and harmonious. And that didn't really offer very much of a lesson. It was hard to evolve once things were very prosperous and enjoyable for the people. There was no there was no lessons. There was no evolution happening for the souls. And so this planet was created with chaos and with all of these sort of barriers to enlightenment. And so we're all kind of like stuck down here spinning our wheels. And I think it's inherent by design for us to have the experience that we have on this plane of existence. So I don't know. I don't know. Like a lot of us are here trying to figure out how to have world peace and how to make everything harmonious, but I'm not sure if that's the whole point of this, this time through this life. So I have no idea. Well, here's what I think. I think that you're doing it for yourself. I think you're playing the same game, but you're playing it with yourself. And I think that's the real way to play it. I think that's how all the wisest, smartest, happiest, most content men and women have done it. Meaning um, you're in a living example. Gandhi said it somehow. I can't remember, but he be the change you want to see in the world. Just be just be what you want the world to be instead of worried about trying to change other people. And there's those people out there who are trying to change other people. Right. Cause they don't, they don't want to be responsible for themselves. No matter what is actually, real. I, I don't know if I can jump to that conclusion though. I don't mean to fall into the weeds. Is that why they don't want to be, maybe they don't know how to be like, do you remember before you knew how to be responsible for yourself? It's kind of like you're, it's like, I, I'm proposing this. I'm not accusing you of this at all. I'm proposing this. What if like we're butterflies um, yelling at the caterpillars that they don't know how to fly. And it's like, wait a second. Like, mm. like maybe they just don't know. There's a, I'm going to confuse the conversation even more. Yeah. There's this, there's this sorcery going on here too, where, uh, and I'll use a really charged topic, abortion. They propose, there's, there's this idea of abortion. Caleb, can you look up the definition of that word? And, it, and it's a word and it means something, right? Like it signifies, um, like taking a baby out before it's ready or, or something. I forget what it means, uh, what the, the it signifies. But then the the teams propose these ideas about it. Like uh, it one of the, the one of the ideas one of the teams proposes is that if it's, it's about women's rights, another team proposes it's about killing children. The deliberate termination of a human pregnancy. So I think termination means ending of a human pregnancy, most often performed during the first 28 weeks. So that I guess that termination, it's the ending of the pregnancy, which I think also results in, in the termination of the child, right? Because you could say that that's a definition of a baby being born also. When a baby's born, a pregnancy is also terminated. But, but I think in this specific case, um, it means the baby 
doesn't come out and, and grow up, right? It just ends. But even the, the sorcery is, is how they tell us to even think about it. Do you know what I mean by that? Like they're forcing us to think about it. it's about women's rights or they're forcing us to think about it as if it's a child's life. There's got to be other ways to think about shit too. Right. It's like, I, I guess to go back to your football analogy, um, we're forced to think of football. We're forced to think of this game as with this ball on this field, with this many players, with these rules. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, there's some kids on fucking Instagram or on YouTube who are fucking rich as fuck because they figured out, hey, we're not going to do that game with football. What we're going to do is we're going to do trick shots with it. We're going to stand at the top of a stadium and throw it into a basketball hoop. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, they, you've seen that. Like, I don't know what those guys are called, yeah, but that yeah. YouTube station is crazy, right? No, that's 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 it. We're taught. And you stayed out of all that shit. How to react. You stayed out of that whole mess. And I'm, well, in, there just the like, only- I'm in there just trying to slay motherfuckers. <laughs> like, that's, fuck that's you. My kids the- aren't wearing a mask. That's the only thing we actually do have control of is, is our reaction or, or our response to the things that come our way in life. I mean, we don't actually know what all this is. This could be a matrix. This could be alien ant farm. Oh, I just realized that's the name of a band. Wow. But, uh, is that really a name uh, of a band or you just came up with it? I think it is, isn't it? Alien ant, ant farm. But I don't that, know, but that, that, what a great way to look at us as humans. We're an alien ant farm. Yeah, so wow. so it could be any of that, but really, so we we don't really need to define what external reality is, or even the the arguments or the games that are set up here. There's, you know, That's all awesome. that re- <laughs> all that really matters is our response or our reactions or what we feel about the events that happen in our life, and that's what, like you're saying, that's what is being controlled. We're being told how to react. And really that's, that's and how to think. Right. And that's really the only thing that we actually have control over. That's that's our ultimate power. And so if that's being taken away from us or if that's being guided, then then we have nothing. Explain that to me one more time. What what's being guided? And if we and if we don't have that, we have nothing. So the 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 thing that we have the most control over is our reactions or our responses or or what we feel about situations in life. So we have these situations like abortion, like politics. Po- potential control. Most of us have zero control over our reactions, but the but we have the most potential control. Yes. Okay. When you're 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 getting expert level on this wordsmithing. Well, I don't want to fuck around because I have you on and I know that you're a fucking diamond, a field of diamonds. And I know that there's people here who like need to hear. Um, and yeah, we have I'm the most just trying to, I know you have a lot of diamonds and I want to make sure people like you and I can make those leaps. But I want to make sure other people like really under when, when you point at the truth, I want to make sure they see it or at least try to make sure. Yes. Yes. Potential control is there for those of you. Some of us has potentiated that and and we're living it but if we start to give away our like basically if we're being told how to react to something that's the ultimate way that we're being controlled like somebody can throw me in jail and they still like like Nelson Mandela you can get thrown in jail and 
they they whoever does that they're still not in control of you because even in the walls of a prison you still have the ability to view or or perceive that however you want right so they could even take f- your physical body and control that in a manner and still not be able to get to your mind but when they start getting to your mind and how you react to said events in life and they start telling you how to react then that's actually even worse than throwing you in a prison cell because they've got a part of you that really it's like there's no way for them to get that unless you voluntarily give it to them and that's the ultimate form of slavery do you see yourself ever falling into it of course i I know that right now I can't be conscious of 100% of the things that there is to be conscious of. So I know that 10 years from now, I will look back now and just think like, wow, I really thought buying that Louis Vuitton belt was cool then. And like, I know that there's, there's things now that I can see myself doing that I will grow out of. And I know that I'm in the system. I'm, I'm, I'm in a certain matrix right now. And I'll step out of that to another one. And so, yeah, I'm conscious about some of the, like, how the, the, the system is latched into me and is influencing my reactions and my decisions in certain ways. And I'm okay with it for now. It, it, um, an example, I, I think, is when you're, you're being we – uh, rhetorical you're when you're when you're a young man who uh, st- sees a spark of uh, enlightenment and you maybe go start going down the buddhist path um you see the world as i need to give everything up i should own nothing i should own nothing i need to give everything up i need to give everything up and then as you evolve you realize it's not about pushing these things away from you it's not about giving these things up. It's about giving your attachment to them up. It's not about – in a good example is the way you described ayahuasca. You, you're open to it, but you're not going to chase it. You're not, you're not collecting objects, but if they come into, into your care, it's, it's part of your thing. But a, but a young Buddhist is like – and those are the people who don't understand you have these um, uh, uh, you know, spiritual masters who have, might have a Rolls Royce. And they think, how can he be a spiritual master? Well, he, it's, just, it's just objects coming in and out of his life. Now, if you see him out there crying because it got a scratch on it, then maybe you want to start investigating something. Yeah, and there's ways to make these decisions. Like I was in Vegas. I, I looked. I was in this uh, club eating breakfast at the top of my hotel, and I looked down, and I, and I saw a Louis Vuitton store, and – I remembered how I liked this belt that they have. I walked back to my hotel room and I realized that I forgot my black belt that I needed later on that day to dress up. And then, so I was like, Oh, all of this seems in alignment. So I walked into the store and I dropped $900 on a belt because to me, it all just seemed in alignment. This is something that you could look at from the outside and think that I'm just unconsciously enslaved to the system and doing that. But I I did make a conscious decision. I I did see the map and just justified at least to myself that (laughs) this is this is 
this makes sense. This, this feels right. Um, and as I said, this is all just a justification I'm making to myself to give myself permission. And this is all a matrix that I'm currently in and I'm aware of it. Uh, but I am, I am using some sense of guidance within it. There's this, um, this is a little different than what you're saying, but, um, I've had the opportunity to, um, be affiliated with some really, really rich people. And um, I've gone shopping with a, a handful of really rich people. And there's this high that they get from shopping. Not, but, but not, you can't even imagine what it is unless you do it. And, it, and it's not a bad thing. I'm not suggesting it's a bad thing, but it's more than just going in there and buying that belt. It's letting everyone around you know, okay, I'll take two of those belts. And do you want one? Okay, make it three of those belts and I'll get two of those bags. And can I try on that jacket? And do you have it in the blue? And there's this, there's this uh, ego gratification. And once again, I do not mean this in a negative way at all. I do not mean this in a negative way at all. It's the same ego gratification I'm sure my kids get when they build a, something really tall out of magnets in the living room. We did it. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> they, it finally, after three years of building it, now touches the ceiling. What? <laughs> Look at us. I mean, you know what I mean? They're fucking kings. And and there's that whole thing there in those kind of stores. I um a few times in my life I've gone into places where, where I could do a shopping spree. I went into a, a Nordstrom's once and, and when I was in there for eight hours, I was allowed to get whatever I wanted. And I held and I held, did not hold back. I did not. <laughs> I got everything. So you this know? is where yeah. And it was That's great. A- it was great. It was fucking great. I got 10 pairs of pants, three Louis Vuitton sh- shirts, Armani glasses, all the best shoes. I mean, I just came out like, and I had a fucking like suburban deliver it to my hotel room. What if that's normal though? What, say, what, what if what's like, what, what if that's as normal as I still have all those clothes, by the way, it's like what I wear now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because the there are is, the people that go in and they get the ego trip. There's all there's also yeah. the people that go in and that's just the clothes they wear. It's just as normal as. But you don't think they get the ego trip also? I think those are the people who get the ego trip. The people who that it's super normal for. I don't know. I mean, that's that's easy for us to make that assumption because for us it would be an ego trip. Right? Well, no, it's actually I think so, sorry I think it's more of an ego trip for them because they can actually afford it. It's kind of like it's kind of weird. For, like I didn't enjoy it. I don't think as much as the people who can really afford it because I know like the second I it's, I know it's all a facade because I can't fucking afford a nine hundred dollar belt. But now I just walked out of the store with eighteen thousand dollars worth of clothes. You know what I mean? And I make sure that I don't get attached to any of that shit. By the way, I mean I take yeah. care of it. I don't throw my belt on the floor. But like, um, to, so I did have a Louis Vuitton belt. I fucking loved it. I don't remember how much it was, but something like you're saying. And within a fucking month, the fucking buckle fell off. <laughs> and there's these fancy gold screws that hold the buckle to the belt. And I was just like, yeah. There's not even I, a Louis Vuitton store within a fucking 100 miles of my house. They're, it's definitely, they're not built for, for strength or for any reason, but to, to be a, to be expensive pretty much it's good stuff i mean i mean the, the, the people get what they pay for the fancy shit is good shit in general yeah i mean the stitching and everything but it breaks down just like everything else right right and t- yep 
But I do wonder, I mean, because if you were to walk into a, a CrossFit gym and buy a $20 CrossFit t-shirt, that would be normal to you. You're not getting an ego trip, but there's somebody who's, who's on food stamps who would look at you doing that and think that, you know, like this person just commented, no amount of wealth can justify a $900 belt. Well, there's people that would look at you buying a $20 t-shirt and think the exact same way. Right. So there's also such thing. But I don't think he believes you saying that. I know that because I was homeless. I don't think I don't think they even understand that what you just said. So I remember the first time I walked into a designer store, I felt weird and I felt like I like almost like I don't even want to wear this stuff. This would be so weird. And that feeling. Or that someone should kick you out too. I always feel like when I go in there that I'm an imposter. Uh, Security, uh, toss me. (laughs) There's nothing in here I can afford. Throw me out. Well, the weird thing is the first time I went in there, I I could afford it all. And we did. It was for a birthday present. I was buying a gift for my fiance. And but I felt weird about it. And then I started trying on stuff. And when I started trying on stuff, I was like, oh, wow, this actually feels more correct than the clothes that I'm currently wearing that I think matches me. I'm like, wow, this matches me. And I don't know if it's my ego or what, but I just went with it. And I'm just letting that reality this reality absorb into my life and i i don't know just like i would i'm content with thinking a 20 dollars t-shirt is what i should afford is it possible to just be content with a you know a 400 dollars t-shirt i don't know these are all things that i ponder in my head and why i probably I'm not paying attention to politics because I'm actually regarding politics. Because you're too busy I, shopping at Louis Vuitton. <laughs> I did not expect that answer from you. Holy shit. No, I, I'm exploring life, right? There's, there's a lot to explore here. And yeah, so I, I am unapologetically exploring. I've done it with many different aspects of my life. I've done it with fitness. Like how fit can I get? Right. It's the same thing. How, how many girls can I date, right? Like these are things that I, I experimented with. It was fun. It was satisfying some part of me that I don't really need to satisfy anymore. But now I'm like, what about this stuff, this, these designer stuff? And eventually it's going to be politics. Like that's the funny thing about it is that I don't care about the politics game right now. And that's, so I'm more evolved than you. Is, is did I just hear that right? Eventually, you'll be where in politics. I thought I, I was behind you. Now, I, now I think I might have the script all fucked up. You you might because <laughs> I'm looking at politics and I'm thinking like this is something that I've resisted my entire life. This is probably the the direction that would offer me the 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 most potential. I'll use that word again. There's a lot of potential for me to learn about myself within this arena that I've never stepped into. The problem is the people, by the way, these are uh, Louis Vuitton sunglasses that I had the lenses punched out of and made into prescription lenses. And like, no one does that, but, but when you ball, you do. Um, That's right. uh, The thing with politics that people don't understand is that the, the only, the only good politician we've ever had on the planet was Gandhi. Like you, you, 
you have to, your politician has to be naked. He has to be naked. He has to just only be wearing a sheet. He has to be that. He has to be so fucking transparent. He has to actually, um, uh, um, he has to be so transparent. We're so, we're so confused about what a politician looks like, what a professional looks like. I'm so confused as a society. I forget who said like the best politician or the best leader is a reluctant leader. Yes, for sure. It's like these people shouldn't be striving to control us and then win the right to control us. That's not exactly the person that you would want to be making the decisions. Oh, here we go. Thank you. The emperor has no clothes. Uh, the article is about the story of Hans Christian Andersen. Scroll down a little bit more. People love it. I think there was a marijuana book. The emperor has no clothes. Uh, this are, uh, emperor has no clothes. Danish is a literary is a literary folktale written by Danish author Hans Christian Andersen about a vain emperor who gets exposed before his subjects. His tale has been translated in over a hundred languages. Yeah, you have to be completely exposed. Jimmy Carter tried that. I think that was maybe a little before your day, but like one of the things he said that he sins is that he thinks of other women besides his wife. I think he said that when he was president. (laughs) I could see you doing that. Ah, (laughs) subjects of the kingdom, I bought this $900 Louis Louis Vuitton belt and I like it. I guilty. That's that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty. No. And I like it. And I like it. <laughs> Have you ever made your own belt? Uh, out of, uh, yeah. In in hockey, we have pants that are like padded. And those take a strap. And I think that one of my favorite belts in high school was just a strap from my hockey pants. But that's oh, you're not such a really, simpleton. You've come so far. That's just a repurposing, not really a make a making. I could see you um, um, making a belt out of hemp and pig intestine and maybe um, for the buckle, some shark tooth and like a, a wishbone from a pterodactyl. Yeah, some some crystals in there as well. I don't know, man. I I really, I don't know what this life is the more that I look into it. I don't know. Like I used to think it was about progressing and lessons and evolution but even that's another game that, and then, and then there's the, just being, like you said, go sit under a waterfall and just have n- nothing and, and be everything. It's all, it's all a process, but I don't necessarily claim to know which direction the process is going. Some of us are spiraling into order and some of us are spiraling into disorder and we're all here doing it. And I don't know if there's a correct direction. uh, One of my friends who is um, extremely successful, I said to him sometime like, Hey, uh, are you interested in mushrooms or LSD or something? He goes, no. And I go, why? And he goes, because that that's going to reboot the system. 
And like, that's what you do when your life's a fucking mess. Like you don't like the direction of your life. Something's amiss. You go do a bunch of LSD and you reboot the system, you know, and you're on LSD and you see something in the clouds that tells you that you should be bringing clean water to Africa and it changes your whole life. And you saw all your shit and you're doing clean water in Africa. Right. Or, 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 you know, you're just a, you're, you're one day you're this fucking um, blonde fucking housewife and you do LSD and all of a sudden you realize you're related to Jim Morrison and the native Americans and you fucking go off. You know what I mean? We've all seen those people in our lives. That shit happens to them. Um, but I, I do think that if you don't, if, if you don't, and most people don't, and, and I, and I don't mean this to, uh, alienate anyone because the opportunities there for you, but if you don't venture off alone into wilderness and it, not exactly that, but some, some simile of that proportion, that, that character that you will not live a f- fulfilled life. If you don't, um, if if you are not tempted to learn how to ride a unicycle and try to start riding it when the sun goes down and ride it till the sun comes up, then you you are you're not on you are not something in you hasn't woken up yet. There should be something in you that wants to start trying some bizarre shit like that. That's not about doing ayahuasca. That's about like um, getting out of your own skin. And and the fastest and fucking craziest way to do that is to do nothing. I'll give you one that Please. I haven't done yet. Mick Dodge told me to do it. Who's Mick Dodge? Is that Ronald McDonald's brother? I called you about him. He's uh he's the guy that used to live in the forest. He lived in the 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 forest in Washington. I don't remember the name of it. I can't remember. But he lived there for 12 years. And Oh, that's right. That's right. And he's got a fitness program that's badass. But anyways, He's on, he's, uh, he told me to bury my feet in the earth, go out into nature, dig a hole, put my feet inside it up to like calf level, refill dirt and just stand there from sunrise to sunrise. So 24 hours. And I said like, yeah, but what about bears or wolves? And he said, that's part of it. He said, like, that's that's part of it. You're going to be going through that process of fear. And that's almost the point. I mean, and the boredom and the what do I do with myself? How do I stand? All all of that. And it takes one day to do. And I haven't done it yet. But that's what you're talking about. Like, there's all these experiences for us to have. And we're just recycling the same ones every single day. And if you think about the last time you had an, a once-in-a-lifetime experience, these could be happening many times a week or or many times a day if we just design our life inviting them in. My my That's beautiful. My favorite thing to do is to go to the beach and play Frisbee. I'm 50 years old. And it's, it's, it's like my favorite thing to do. And I used to do it every day, seven days a week uh, for 10 years. And now I'm starting to try to figure out ways to get it back into my life again. So I, so I, I, you know, like today, um, after the podcast is over, I'm going to play some tennis with my boys and then I'm going to take them to the beach and we're going to stay there until, you know, until someone's sunburned. Uh, do, do you have a favorite thing? You, you and then and then I like to come and then I like to come home to my nice house and 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 get in my shower, which isn't so nice, but it has hot water. And I like to wash the sand off, and I like to uh, um, feel safe inside the gates of my home. 
and wash my, take my clothes and shake out the sand and put them in my washing machine, throw in a Tide Pod. Don't tell anyone. My wife hates it that I use those. And, um, and then, and then sit down. What? I'll get a rash for Tide. Um, I want to, I, I want to ask you about that. Um, what kind of, uh, um, uh, clothes washing detergent use but what is your favorite thing to do do you have something that you're like yeah like if i could just end it all today i would um, have a backpack a unicycle and my fiance would be in a in, in, on a unicycle next to me or she would just go from point a I, she'd meet me at point b and be in the tent naked like do you have well, a favorite I, like like my yeah, dream is used just to, it used to be that like it used to be unicycling but that's because i had i had a business and I, and that was kind of what i did for work and I really just you unicycled for unicycle. work. No, I, I, the CrossFit gyms. And so you and, would just unicycle from one to the next and kind of incorporate that into your. Yeah. Because, because every day I was dealing with people and on a unicycle, there's no people. There's not even, no one can even really ride with you. <laughs> and it's just you and whatever environment that I was in, whether it was off road on a trail or, or in the city streets, I could find solitude and I could find the present state within the balance of the unicycle wow it's a loner bike that's awesome i never thought of it like that it was amazing but now i live up in the hills and so there is no unicycling up here but i really i mean right now i'm enjoying the business game again and so i am on a building a building streak and i'm using this business and the income to attain assets and, and build wealth. And so I am finding this, a similar sense of self and, and sense of gratification doing the money thing. And, and it's interesting because I used to be so repulsed by that, but I can see that I go in their seasons. Like I hustled and owned and owned the gyms. And then after I got sick of that, I didn't want anything to do with business. And I went into the forest and I did that for a few years. And eventually that became boring or, or not stimulating enough. And then I wanted to be productive in society again. So I developed something that solves people's problems and yeah. What well, um I was on that I was on the journey um with a, a group full of of a group of men and women, the journey the sort of let's say the Siddhartha journey right let's say mm-hmm. there were thirty of us right and we were on just that hippie journey just like you know sleep like living under, in a commune like no 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 just like just like not worried about like where your next food was going to be rolling our own cigarettes just just um you know. Uh, whatever, like some guy made pipes and sold them for money. Some guy, some chick made necklaces. You would sleep in people's backyards who were going to school. You know, you just, you just flowed. You just flowed. You just, and, and like we'd sit around and draw all day or someone would play music, but we, we were, we, there was an abundance around us and we just, we just fit in, right? We just assimilated like a hippie tribe. And then as we got older, um, you, s- some of the kids started getting, scared like now we're in our 20s right and they started thinking of their future Mm -hmm. so they started they went to cosmology school or they became firefighters or they became police officers they kind they lifted themselves off they took off their dirty corduroys they hadn't uh, taken off in five years and and started you know going to the police academy and i didn't do that 
but in the only reason why and, and, and some of them now are like holy shit you just stayed present and just like you were saying just let the world come to you unfold in front of you and but i didn't do that on purpose i just did that because i didn't have the thoughts of fear that caused me to do what they did or or when i did i faced them i guess do you know what i mean yeah I mean, that's, they put their oars in and started rowing. I just sat in my rowboat and let the fucking ocean just like toss me around. That's the trust, right? Trust that we're creating all of this. And that's where I, I try to sit in, right? I try to sit in the fact that this is all my creation. This is all our creation. You know, me being a part of everything. And some people choose to be, to, to, you know, exercise all day long. Some people choose to, to be behind a video camera because that's what they feel in greatest alignment with. And if we can all just figure Uh out what that is, right? Like where do we feel our greatest level of alignment? Where do we feel our greatest sense of self? Like we, we should all be operating within our zone of genius. That would make the world a lot more efficient if people weren't going to jobs that they hated Cause the thing is like, if you're going and they'd to be job, nicer to each other, you're right. Yeah. If you're going to a job that you hate, there is somebody that would love that job. It's just not you right now. And maybe it was when you started that job. Like I used to love owning gyms and then it got to the point where I was like, this doesn't feel good anymore. And so I transitioned out of that, but there's was that a lot scary. Of- How did you transition out of it? Was it scary? No, it was, it was. I just thought back to when I wanted the gym and, or when, when I felt so want. That's the part I'm talking about. I don't think people can do that. I think people have thoughts and fears. The same one you said, when you asked that guy, um, uh, what if a, what if a bear or a wolf comes? I think most people who own the gym, that if they don't like it anymore and they want to transition out, they say, they say, what if the tax collector comes? What if my wife leaves me because I can't afford anything? What if I can't pay my rent next month? You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the prison that they live in, and it's a self-imposed prison. And we're all, and that's at least some of them are conscious about it, but some people aren't. Like they don't realize the reason why they don't feel happy is because they've imprisoned themselves in this reality where they're not making choices based on their greatest sense of self they're making choices based on what if this bad thing happens to me and that's just realigning the brain instead of making fear-based decisions make you know i don't know what the opposite of that is but like desire-based or or moving towards greatness based decisions and you'll get a lot further along if you're making fear-based decisions you're always going to be super close to what you fear the most if you're worried about well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to pay the bills. That's key. That's gravity. That's keeping you close to that version of reality so that you can fulfill that fear every single day. That's what you're intending on is you're intending on living that fear. So until we can break that cycle and start really asking yourself, where do I feel best? What do I feel the best doing? And I think that that's a responsibility. That's an adult responsibility or whatever comes after being an adult. That's a, that's a conscious, aware human beings responsibility is to make sure that whatever we're doing for work or, or for life or 
wherever we're spending our energy is, is in our zone of genius. It's what we're great at. Because if there's a bunch of humans on this planet, if there's billions of humans on this planet doing things that they hate every single day, which is the statistic, 80 to 90% of the people hate their job. Wow. That's wow. Holy shit. Then, you know, that's a pretty miserable planet. And this is where responsibility comes in. Can you, can you, that, that whole fear-based thing, can you um, give me like an example of that, that the, that shows me how that, how the mechanism works in action of someone, if they're acting out of fear, how it keeps the fear around them. Like it can be just a made up story. Like, let's say, I don't know, like you go to work every day to supermarket and you don't want to do it or, or you're with your girlfriend. You don't want to break up with your girlfriend because but you want to break up with her, but you don't because you're afraid. You're, well, it's it's being with somebody who you're afraid is going to cheat on you. And okay. so that's what is consuming your thoughts. And so anytime something comes up, they get a text message or they get uh, they say hi to somebody or they smile at somebody at the mall. There's this constant worry that they're trying to sleep with that person or they are sleeping with that person. And that's just consuming what you want, right? You want to find evidence that what you fear is true. And so you're never open to more love. You're never open to the person like you're latched onto that person. They don't feel free from you. And so eventually what's going to happen? Like that person is going to stray or want somebody else because you're you're causing that, right? You're not being the partner that's loving and supportive and allowing them freedom to make their own decisions. And so you're just, you're going to push them away to somebody else. And that's what we all are doing in life. If we're making fear-based decisions, same thing with the work thing. If you're afraid that if you quit your job, you're not going to be able to pay your bills, then that's all job is for you is a way to make sure that you don't suffer or you don't get what you fear the most. You're never ever going to just accidentally become wealthy in with that state of mind. You're never going to accidentally become happy within your job if that's your state of mind. So if we're constantly assessing ourselves, do I, do I feel joy? Do I feel happy? And the big one is, do I feel satisfied? Am I satisfied with this? Am I satisfied when I go to work? Am I satisfied after work? And if you're not satisfied, start asking the question, what would I be satisfied doing? It might be something different within your work, right? You might need a different role or do your role a little bit differently. And that might, and you could answer that. And then that way you can be satisfied all day long. Or, and then from a place of satisfaction, you can start making other decisions in your life. But we really need to be satisfied in order to have a great human experience. And when we start asking, how can I be more satisfied or, or am I satisfied? Then we can start seeing, oh, if I close down this business or if I quit this job, I can be more satisfied over here. And that's really what I want to be doing. And we can start imagining the steps and being creative to make that happen. But without that initial starting place of, am I satisfied? Like we'll never even be able to imagine that leap. The leap. Oh, yes. Good job, Caleb. You're a boss. 
Oh shit! It just changed right before. This is with people that are watching the show right now, or is this a random? Yeah, Yeah, this is people watching the show right now. Well, some of them, yeah, and listening, watching and listening. Some of them are hugging their monitors. I mean, your audience are what are are they? Gym people? Like these are people that literally wake up and work out all day. Like they've done it. Like I hope they're. Oh, look, they changed again. I hope they're just all super wealthy people just waiting for the five year anniversary of my podcast to cut me a check for a million (laughs) dollars. Like a thousand of you. Uh, Caleb, you're a boss. Um, when I think of the thing, so, so this weekend I covered the, um, uh, uh, semifinals for the CrossFit. Um, so, so the, basically the regionals, when you used to compete in CrossFit, they were called regionals, right? Mm -hmm. And they just had the, and there's three weeks of regionals. Now they call them semifinals. And I have no, I have no fucking interest in covering them like zero, none. Right. And a few days before, about a week before the semifinal started, a friend of mine who is an athlete who hurt himself said, Hey dude, I hurt myself. I hurt my knee and I can't compete. Um, I wanted to come on your podcast and, 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 uh, and cover the semifinals this week. And the guy who I usually covered it with before got a job, so he wasn't going to cover it. So I just thought, fuck it. I'm not covering it. Like, what do I give a fuck? Yeah. But this guy said, Hey, I want to cover it. And then another guy that I had heard about named J.R. Howell, he said he would come on too. I'd never met him before, but I'd always heard all these positive and cool things about him, what a cool dude he was. And then I knew Caleb was going to be there, and I knew these people, so I'm like, okay, fuck it. Right. So so then Friday comes along, and um, I hated the thought of doing it. I did not want to do it. It was so fucking hard. Because it was the Torian Pro in Australia, the Lowlands Throwdown in England, and then some shit in like Tennessee. So it was 24 hours a day it was running. Dude, it was it was crazy. And you, and you were responsible for – I just said, okay, we're, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch as much as I can, and I'm going to take as much notes as I can. I'm going to stay up as much as I can and watch it. And then when these guys come on the show, I'm just going to use my skills and push the show forward and talk about it so that it's entertainment and like knowledge for people, my listeners, right? And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Well, that's what's amazing. um, I didn't want to do it. I had no plans of doing it. I loved every second of doing it. The second, it's like um, up until the point when I see your face, I do not want to do the podcast. And the second you're here, I get so fucking excited that I'm doing it. And then when it's over, I'm so glad I did it. It's kind of, but but everything else in my life does not want to do it. Does that make sense to you? And I was so glad um, when I woke up this morning that I did the semifinals, and 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 I and I love and I and I love the accolades. Do you know what I mean? Like I love the fact that then my DMs are have a thousand DMs um, saying, "Hey, good job, thank you. You you really added to it." And, right. and, I, and I'm like, that's cool. Like I feel I feel great. But but I did not want to do it. But I loved yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I'm trying to draw this distinction here. You're saying that people need to be doing a job that they like, but that doesn't mean that when you're not doing it, you want to do it. It's like a workout. Yeah, it's like sports. I mean, no pro athlete likes practicing. It's, but it's part of it. It's it, like you probably didn't want to do this podcast. Like when I invited you, you're probably like, oh, cool. That'll be fun to get together with Sevon. And then last night you're like, motherfucker, why did I say yes to this? Right. I mean, it's kind of like that. Right. And now you're doing it. You're stoked. And when it's over, you're going to be like, oh, that's cool. We'll have a sense of accomplishment for the day. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, this is dynamic. That's why like, so that's basically contradicting what I was just saying before. And it's also, well, it's, it's own level of truth. 
Well, maybe maybe the other side. May, what I heard you say is like you don't like your job. You're fucking miserable the whole time you're there. You work at 7-Eleven, which isn't a bad job. Being a checker is dope. I was a checker. It's so oh, fun. If people you, if that would present, love that. Right. But, but there's these people who they only want the paycheck. I don't even yeah. think about the paycheck. I, I probably should. Well, maybe Listen, I'm, fucking, I'm 50 and I'm on YouTube. Are, there's people that are rich and famous that hate their job. There's many of them. And so if you hate your job, there's somebody else who would love it because of the lack of responsibility. You know, a 16 year old probably would love to be a checker. They don't really want to think about work, but you're there at 28 years old, miserable because you're like, I should be doing something with my life, but you're too scared. So you just stay there taking the job that would be somebody else's dream job. And, and, and you want the paycheck to, to um, make your payment on your car and buy your cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that have the paycheck that also love their job. I mean, I know a lot of those people that were wealthy and they took the leap and they, they're a much more happier being a breathwork coach <laughs> than being on wall street or a yoga teacher, right? Like the, like the, a lot of, a lot of the people that roll in the spiritual community used to like, they've attained a certain level of financial wealth or business success and, and they're happy to not have that anymore. So no matter who you are, if you hate your job or hate your career, then you're, I feel being irresponsible. Is that what you call your, the community you're in, you, the spiritual community? Is that what you said? That's what I called. I don't know if I'm in that, but yeah. Yeah. Conscious community, spiritual community, just like people call it the entertainment industry. Like there's, there's labels. Did, did the did the current like um conditions of the world is it is it fracturing that community? I don't know. So so I don't really I don't I don't know. I don't I know that there's this whole like vaccinated, unvaccinated, masked, unmasked and oh, I got a great story for vaccinated to tell you about Dorian. Go on. Great story. Vax on vax, spiritual community split up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, how, I don't. How about how about like Black Lives Matter? How about abortion? How about Ukraine? There's all these things. But that's not, all the game. That's all the right. that's all the, like take a pick a side and and we're, we'll tell you what to think about it and then you fight with each other. Right. Um. So uh, you know Dorian, right? Fitness Lonnie. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he's now uh, his name is now Tissero. Okay. And um. He he uh, is a, a monastic monk. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before, and he was up in Northern California for five years, and then okay. he and then he went to Brazil and sat for like eight months. And I got a chance to um, as he when he came back on his way back to Northern California, he came and visited me for a day. Wow! Yeah, you've you guys have got to get together. You guys would. God, the three of us, if I could get the three of us together to play Frisbee on the beach and get drunk, that would be so fun. But man, the sitting shit that he does is so fucking cool. And when you're around him, he has this fucking giant brain that you can take anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like he'll go anywhere. So when you talk to him, you can just go anywhere with him. Mm -hmm. And you can, and you can use that giant brain, clean brain of his. It's like, you know, when like you're hiking and you find a clean spring and you're like, holy shit, I can swim and drink this water. It's I like remember that. he, Yeah. I first started hearing he was like that and I was like, wow, I thought he was just a comedian. 
I mean, he still is funny as shit. Don't get me wrong. Years he's, ago, yeah, yeah, he's so funny. But 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 he's so still now. He's so still, and uh, and 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 you know, in that he's he's extremely powerful. But um, so he was basically saying that that shit infiltrated the um the the monkhood. Like there were monks who couldn't sit with their thoughts, and they had to choose a side of vaccinated or unvaccinated. They got they got like people who've been sitting for ten fucking years got sucked into that into that duality. I'm like, holy shit. He goes, yep. Yeah, it affected the entire world. That was the infection. Yes. That was the virus. The massive force of duality to, 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 act, to act. Going back to what you were saying at the beginning of the show, you're just forced to react. Or you're not forced to. But you're like a fly that twitches from one pile of shit to another, and this was no different. It was pretty crazy to see. And, and – some people made choices based on business or based on political alignment. So hashtag, hashtag fear. Yeah. I don't know. Are you going to have kids? Yeah. I mean, that's the plan. A, a different piece occurs when you have a child. I think maybe that's just my story. I mean, um, it's in Sid Hartha in that book that um, Herman Hesse wrote. He has a baby and he leaves the baby, and, and he does. Continue, and continue. She comes back right with the kid, and then he he learns. I think that he has some reflections in that book, and one of them was like, even though he became all enlightened, he wasn't able to be a father. So. Like he pretty much left his kid. I don't remember exactly. It's been a while, but I think you remember that that it better was, than me. That was one of his reflections. Was that like he doesn't know? He doesn't know what the. I don't know if he doesn't know is the right thing to say, but there is a dynamic sense of like, did I do the right thing? Because I went and I helped all these thousands of people, but my own. I think it was a son. I I wasn't with and basically he also left his father right he left his family to to go on this journey and then he also left his own kid with that prostitute lady not that there's anything wrong with sex workers uh yeah so it's all just a dynamic <laughs> dynamic thing it'll it'll be it's it's fascinating it's going to be fascinating when you have a kid we're uh it's a different kind of grounding. Yeah, we we're excited for that. It's a different kind of grounding. Yeah, I think you're going to be uh very excited. I think you're going to be like so stimulated by it. It's so it's so much input for a conscious being to to watch a child. It's a lot of fucking stimulus, like in a good way. Yeah, we 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 have suffered a miscarriage. I don't know if suffer is the right word, but we're trying. But the baby we've we've went through a pretty traumatic experience with pregnancy and and didn't really know that miscarriages are actually like a thing, right? I spent my entire life thinking that sperm enters egg and then you it, that equals a kid and it's not exactly the case um not all pregnancies go through 
And so we've been to the point where we've been pregnant and we've been expecting a child. And then that goes in a different direction. Um, how, how many months was she when she had the miscarriage? Three. So that's so 12, uh, weeks. 12 weeks. Did you see the child yet? Like, did she have like, you know, yeah. I see that like, see like go to the doctor and they, they put the whatever thing on her tummy with the jelly. And then you're like, Oh look, there's mm -hmm. a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's intense. Heartbeat. My wife, my wife in the, did she have severe bleeding when she had the miscarriage? Massive for months. Uh, that's what happened. It, we went, it, go ahead. We went to Tennessee. Uh, we spent all night on an overnight trip. We don't know if this is a reason. And then we were in the Airbnb last day of the Airbnb, just massive amounts of bleeding and went to the ER. They said, everything's probably fine. Went back home. And then it, it, uh, was passed that night. She came out, uh, in the toilet and then there was massive bleeding for like a f like it was it was messy with the blood yeah like um, did she, worried when, when about, was this when was this about six months ago is, um does she, is she jaundiced now is, is her skin color all jacked up no 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 i i there's still like physical like she's not in the and i don't know how far down this she would be comfortable with me talking about, okay. but she's, but like, she's talking publicly about it. Uh, she's mentioned it in a few posts. So uh, I think I'm safe to, to speak about the experience, but uh, physically it, it was destructive, I should say, but she's okay now. Uh, the my wife was pregnant um we were at a hotel in los angeles and she <clears throat> and she had a miscarriage and it was crazy painful for her i think the, it was like around nine weeks we had never seen the baby it was crazy painful for her, like 24 hours of pain not a big deal whatever got pregnant again had avi whatever <clears throat> then she got pregnant again after after avi i don't remember how old he was let's say he was a year old and she started bleeding and she started bleeding a lot. So she goes, hey, I'm going to go sit in the bathtub. And she's pregnant, right? And I'm checking on her periodically, and she doesn't seem like herself. And all of a sudden, I realize the bathtub is like filling with blood, like an inch of blood on the bottom of a fucking bathtub, like, like, like a fucking horror movie. Mm -hmm. And she's coming in and out of consciousness. So I scoop her up. I scoop the baby up, and I take her to the hospital. Right. And, and it's in the middle of the night. Another fucking crazy story. Um, just all the pieces of shit that, that what, what we call frequent flyers that the whole hospital is full of frequent flyers, basically homeless people who fucking call the police, uh, the an, an ambulance. So all the, but all the doctors are cool as shit. This is in, uh, in Albany and they call in a special doctor who's asleep and they wake her up and she comes and, and they, they, they fix her up. Right. And they, I think that they tell her like, Hey, good thing you came in. This could have gotten fucking squirrely and you could have died. So we go home and for, and, and she's fucking traumatized, right? Like she's not herself for like, I don't know, maybe still not herself, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but, but she, her skin was a different color. She was like yellow for months, for months. And thank God we had an amazing midwife who'd always check on her. And, you know, and, and obviously she's healthy. She was a CrossFitter, you know, she ate well, you know, throw the bread off the top, off the burger kind of shit. And, uh, and, and she did not want to get pregnant again. 
She did not. And then uh, the blood was that she had a miscarriage. That was her second miscarriage. Right. So she, so she had a first miscarriage. We had a kid. Then she had that second miscarriage. And that one was, it was scary. Like seeing your wife go unconscious. Like, and at that point, it's not your wife. I mean, I wasn't married to her or your girlfriend or someone you love. It's the fucking mom to your kid. Like the whole paradigm shifts when you have a kid, it's the, the, the person you're with. Like no one ever tells you that, but they're now, if you, I think if you're healthy, that's what happens to you as a man. You stop looking at that as, um, oh, uh, what is septic shock? Thank you. Septic shock is a severe and systemic infection that means that it affects the entire body. It's caused by bacteria. When pregnant women develop a septic shock, it's usually a complication of one of the following conditions. Abortion or miscarriage. Uh, oh, uh, severe kidney infection. Abdominal infection. Infection. of. I don't know if she got any infection, but man, there was a lot of blood, dude. Okay, hold on. Let's bring, in the, let's bring in the nurse. Hold on. What are you saying? So the whole, the kidney infection is what probably, or like the kidney um, pathology is probably what was causing the jaundice. Not necessarily that oh. she had an infection, because the kidneys are affected during a miscarriage. It's probably what Oh, it wasn't that she lost blood. so much. I thought it was that she lost so much blood. That's a, that's a kidney thing. Okay, and that makes sense why it lasted six months. I would really like it, Caleb, if there was like some naked girl like passed out on your bed instead of just nah, some just stacked pillows. All right, fine. So, so then, and then, and, and um, probably I shouldn't tell this part, but then, um, like, you know, after like six months after that happened, um, we were doing it, and she's like, Hey, I'm ovulating. Don't let one fly in me. I'm like, Okay, no problem. And then the next night, we're doing it again, and I let one fly in her. And she goes, Did you just let one fly? She probably said it different. And I go, yeah. She goes, I told you I was ovulating. I go, that was fucking last night. She goes, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and then we had twins. And we lived happily ever after. That was last night. What the fuck do I know? Ovulating. So, so, so I, I, I um, so, so what, it, the first one wasn't so traumatic though. But the second one fucking rocked her, like fucking rocked her. Like she's like, like she was scared. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if you're doing, like, if you were uh, like, if you did a backflip and you landed on your head, you like never do backflips again. Mm-hmm. So she was like, she'd shut down the baby factory, but I still like, she didn't shut it down good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about now? Are you guys done or is there? Dude, she's, she's old. She's old. I'm 50 and she's 40, 40. When your girlfriend becomes fitter than you, then you know you're old. That's like you've reached like this point. Like that's we're old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something's happening. So, so, so you're just waiting for her to heal up, and then and then maybe just keep trying. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah. It's worth it. I, th- I think. I think miscarriages are a good thing. I think it's the 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 um. I mean, this is what I tell myself that it just wasn't a a viable life in there. So the body gets rid of it. Right. That's, I mean, we don't know the exact purpose, but that's definitely the body has its own intelligence. And then there's the whole, she's also there. She's negative blood type. She's got, she's, she's, she's negative and I'm positive. And then we've got that whole thing. Like, People that have a is that real? Is that real? Real like doctor shit or is that hippie shit? Spiritual shit? No, that's real. Like if you have a if you have a hold on, hold on. I don't trust you. Hold on, hold on. I I so I apologize for not trusting you. Uh, um, what what is this? I I didn't hear what he said. I was 
he he's saying that there could be I, an um, issue. I'm making this up. All right. She has positive blood and he has negative blood. No, other way person. around. Other way around. Yeah. Okay. Can they She's make negative. a baby if he? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything um, wrong with like blood types having a baby. But I do want to correct something that I did say. It's the liver that causes the jaundice, not the kidneys. I got those mixed up. So. Fair enough. Correction. Okay. Okay. Go so, on. Uh, let's put an asterisk by this story uh, that uh, uh, Ra is about to tell us. Yeah, that's an easy Google though. Yes, you can have a baby if you're positive and and she's negative. But if she's negative, her body will try to kill the baby. Like, and and because of that, it's going to make uh, it's going to make a defense. So then, the second time that you get pregnant, if you didn't take this shot, which is called the Rogam shot, if you didn't get a shot to stop the body's defenses, then the body will kill the baby. And so if you're, if you, the male's positive, the female's negative, you have to get the shot at a certain time during pregnancy. I'm struggling with that. Just Google Rogram. Hey, which one of you has the rare blood type? She does. Is it rare? Yeah, it's, it's off planet. That's, that's like the rhesus monkey gene is what ties humans to this planet that's that's what we use to determine that we're earthlings besides the fact that we're on earth but negative blood types don't have that gene so the the foundation of that theory that they're from the earth does there's not really proof without the positive what does this say Rogam is an immunity support injection administered during pregnancy for people with a negative blood type. The purpose of Rogam shot is to prevent problems that occur due to the baby's positive blood type. It helps prevent the body from developing RH antibodies. Oh, so I misspoke as well. So it's not just if the father is positive, uh, there's going to be problems. There's problems if the baby is positive, and that's likely to happen if the father is, or it's possible to happen if the father is positive. So if the mother's negative and the baby ends up having positive blood type, then there's antibodies that wants to get rid of this. Oh, wow. In, like basically the body feels that, that the positive baby is in, it's, it's not as, it's not, the negative blood types are superior blood types. And that's the one she has? Yeah. So if the baby's... The is baby, she a Jew? Is she a Jew? No. Oh. Then she's not the superior race. Sorry. <laughs> Look at all these people coming to your defense. Jeez, easy people. Easy, 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 easy. So, I mean, then that's a whole other question. It's like, what, what are these types of blood and why do they exist? What are the differences why do negative body, like female bodies, want to kill positive babies? Like, like w there's literally like a biological genocide. Like it happens biologically. And then what what is that about? It opens up a whole other like spectrum of where where does this blood type come from? And that's what I'm talking about. Uh, you get it at 28 weeks, weeks, 
which makes it so the mom's blood doesn't have positive or negative so that if she's exposed to positive blood type, she won't build antibodies. Hey, can that kill the mom too? Yeah. Why, thank you. So, I mean, if the babies, so the first baby, first baby, she doesn't have antibodies because the blood doesn't mix. So the, the negative mom might not, the RH negative mom isn't going to know, like the, the body won't know, but during pregnancy, it's likely that the blood mixes. And once the blood mixes, then the negative RH negative mom's body starts making antibodies. Those antibodies will be a problem for the second pregnancy. So usually after the first pregnancy, she has to get a shot as well so that the second pregnancy, there's not a problem with the antibodies. And she's also going to need a shot during that second pregnancy. Is any part of you like, fuck that. We're not doing that. That's just fucking hocus pocus, yeah. mumbo, Western medicine oh, no. bullshit. So yes, but then I will just have to deal with the fact that um, maybe her body doesn't want to give birth to a positive baby. And so we're just going to keep on going until somehow the baby becomes negative, which then would be correct, right? That would be how it was supposed to be. And there's definitely part of me that thinks that that's what we should be doing, but seeing her go through what she went through, it's like, we're just going to be going through that over and over and over again. And because of something that I want. So I actually thought of this too, even though I have no fucking idea what you're saying, this thought did pop into my head too. But if you have a miscarriage before you get the shot, then the mother does get exposed to the positive blood and builds the antibodies, even though she didn't have the kid. Right. So, but so she has to get the like, shot. What does she think? Who gives a fuck? No, no, I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, what does she think? Well, we got we got that shot just to offer us a possibility of you know a child, and she has sister. So her entire family is Rh negative, but her sister has a family and has daughters who I believe are positives. So with that shot, like there's life in this world because of it. And so do I think that it's something that I want to deny life to? I mean, if it were up to me only, and I would have to maybe face the possibility, like the whole purpose of the body rejecting a positive baby is because negative blood types do not want biologically speaking they don't want to birth positive babies and so i would be okay with that but it would also mean that maybe i don't get to have a baby with this person and i don't think i think that if we were going to ha- raise a child i would yeah after i think about it like maybe i would prefer to have my own genetics in a child than to adopt one or find another woman. Right. So that's, that's the question of like, that's where science can step in and help us manipulate the situation. But I'm still interested in why it is like, why is this actually a thing? 
if if uh, I'm going to go on to the the adoption thing, if um, I, I would definitely raise someone else's baby, but I don't know if I would raise someone else's baby if I hadn't have already had my own babies. Like I could love another baby, like I love my own baby, but I don't know if I could have done that before I had my own baby. Does that make mm-hmm. sense to you? Yeah. And like there's some like something like something in me changed. I don't know what it is, but something in me changed. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, I love my dog, and he's not my genetics. Oh, your Um, poor dog. Your poor dog. But like, how old your dog? Maybe there's a different level of that. Four. Wait till you have a kid. The benign neglect you will give your dog. (laughs) Is your dog allowed to sleep on your couch? Yeah. Oh, where's he? Where, is there anywhere he's not allowed to go? No, 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 no. But that'll change with a kid. Like we're gonna have to give. We're gonna have to have make new rules. Yeah. When we when we uh, when we had a kid uh, within like a few months, our dog got hit by a car, and like it was totally our fault. Like because we used to always be like, "Where's the dog? Take care of the dog." To the, the, the dog, and then it was like, "Fuck the dog!" Like not right. on purpose, but you're like. You know what I mean? You got diarrhea on the floor over here. You got someone else vomiting over here and the dog's getting run over <laughs> in the street. He didn't die. Yeah. This, this guy comes running up to the house and he, he's this old guy. And I live in, you know, that highway in front of my house. Mm-hmm. It, I, we hear screeching and the guy comes running up to my house. He goes, I think I hit your dog. He's like this 70 year old dude. And this young kid comes running up behind him. who also stopped. He goes, no, you did hit your, their dog. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. But the guy ran it clean over. So it didn't, you know what I mean? Like no tire got it. It just looked like someone took my dog and just scraped him on the car oh, right. for 15 minutes. He was just like scabs and bloody and shit. It, he was fucking traumatized for like a month. <laughs> just a fucking, just fucking a rattled mess. Um, what, um, my, what, what, um, shampoo do you use for your clothes? Not shampoo, uh, detergent. detergent? Yeah. Pretty much anything I could get at the health food store, but I think right now we're using seventh generation, but it's anything that I get at the health food store is, is pretty okay. And I know I haven't went deep down in it to see what the chemicals do, but I definitely, know that if i use tide i'll get a rash on my penis on your penis yeah on the on the on the helmet or or it's on the, like uh on the shaft. up the shaft oh that's not so bad whatever's well, rubbing shaft on rash my boxers whatever's rubbing on my boxers and i remember that started happening before i ever started having sex and i was like what is going on i've heard of stds and i thought i had an std as a kid and then i like I, I did the math and I was like, it's, it's right where it's like on my boxers all day long. And so I just started using different detergent at like 17 years old and that made all the difference. But that stuff is like acid and there's chemicals in it. And there's a lot of stuff on our skin that is alive. There's bacteria and there's a whole microbiome of organisms living on our skin. And our laundry detergent is going to destroy that. And also on top of that, I also have a friend who is a professional tennis player who is using Tide. And he started getting, uh, what's the syndrome where you don't, vertigo. He started getting vertigo. And if you look up 
one of the main causes of vertigo. It's using commercial laundry detergent. No shit. Especially if you sweat a lot. So if you're working out with clothes that you wash in these chemicals, those chemicals are going straight through your skin if you're sweating because your pores are opening and it's getting into your bloodstream a lot easier. And I read a book. When, and like, did you sweat a lot on your cock and balls? I played hockey. So, so, so heavy sweat. So, yeah. Cock, cock, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I sweat a lot down there. If I get poison Oak that like it's, it's, it's always there. Really? Yeah. Always. Your hands are all over it. I guess. I, I, I mean, there's, there's no, let's not jump to any rash conclusions, but it's always my balls and shaft are just, just covered in it. Well, I, I when I do use Tide, I do a, a, a double or triple rinse, and then I push that water to our ocean. Um, but <laughs> my my wife, you should see the shit we have. It's like this stuff in these brown bottles. Yeah, and it smells like patchouli. That's there's seventh like, generation. There's like, like recycled. There's like, there's like three things in it. It comes from it. Oh. it, it it's always like taped. No, it's not seventh generation. No, yeah, I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, it's Something like. Else. It's it is some hippie shit, and um, what all, all everyone always jokes that our kids smell like patchouli. Well, the thing is, like, how dirty are our clothes really getting? Do we need to put like some industrial grade cleaner into them? Like, literally, you could just rinse it off in water, and it's probably fine. Do you or have your own smell? Of- do people talk about your smell to you? I do, but I think it's a little mild now that I'm not exercising and, and working out a lot. But when I had my gyms, you, I was pretty ripe everywhere I went. And uh, patchouli is a species of flowering plant in the family llama. I had no idea. Commonly called the mint or dead nettle family, the plant grows as a bushy perennial herb with erect stems reaching up to 75 centimeters, two and a half feet in height, and bearing small, pale pink white flowers. Yeah, that's what my kids smell like. When uh, I just saw that word erect, I thought of how we have erection tissue in our nose as well. Just fun fact. That's what makes you stuffy. Yeah. I mean, there's chemicals. Well, that's probably why I'm always, I used to have Great Danes. Not anymore. That's probably why I'm always stuffy because I'm always erect. I had Great Danes too. You did? As a kid. Yeah. Um. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I didn't prepare. <laughs> yeah, we talked. We talked. And so, yeah, switch your soaps, laundry, detergents, anything else you put on your body. I'm just reading a comment right now. Bye. That's fine. Read away. Enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy my comments. I want to share them with you. Switch everything you put on your body to homemade or buy for someone who makes it homemade and you will see a big difference. Yeah, I read a book 16 years ago called The 100-Year Lie, and it was all about the chemical revolution that started in 1905. And I read the book in 1906. So it's basically about the last 100 years and how everything is just filled with chemicals and volatile organic compounds that get into the air, not just our clothes and, and dish soap, but the paint, our mattresses are sprayed with fire retardant. You said stuff. it was written in 1905 and you read it in 1906. Oh, no, 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 no. It was, it was about 
the chemical revolution in 1905 and i read it somewhere around 2007 or eight or something like that a hundred years later yeah and so that that in that book it's funny they go through like the first 20 minutes of your day and how all of the chemicals you touch in the first 20 minutes of your day from your mattress to your sheets to you stepping on the carpet in your room and how that just gets absorbed into your feet and then you go and you get into the shower with all the chemicals in the water and you're inhaling that into your lungs and going into your bloodstream and so filtering your shower is important as well and then you go brush your teeth and the floor and your toothpaste it goes over like the first 20 minutes of your day and how you're just bathing in chemicals. <laughs> and um, so I switch everything over. We even have an I, organic mattress. As a as a kid, I remember and still as an adult, never um, trusting plastic or um, microwaves. Like anytime I see like I don't want I don't I can't stand plastic. I can't stand microwaves. It's it's fucking um it's pure insanity to me that this thing is that people put things in a microwave, um, especially plastic things and heat it up. And they don't think that they think that that's okay. There's something not right about it. My brain doesn't um, compute it properly. Or when I see people with those silicone spatulas in their, in their um, Teflon fucking uh, pans, I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like none of that makes sense. It's so bad. None of that makes none of that makes we I mean we don't have a microwave at my house. Thank God my wife. My, you want to live with someone who's more strict on that shit or conscious on that shit than you are. Like someone who's like pushing the like like I like yeah. it that my wife's like, "Hey, stop using Tide." Like she tells me once a week, "Stop using don't I don't want to see Tide in the house." Again. I was at your your house once and I was impressed because the water that she was using to heat up for my tea that she was making was just a glass. It was like a glass kettle. Yeah. It has and to be glass. Yeah. 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 Glass I mean, it's great. Fun. It's awesome. It's clean. But even like the cutting board, people use cutting boards and they're just plastic cutting boards. It's like where all that's just going into your food. But the wood's going to have bacteria. I don't give a shit. You know what else happens is if you have a dull knife, where do you think all the metal from that knife that was sharp and now is dull? It's all in your food. And so we've got these really sharp, uh, hard, if you get really hard, like Japanese made knives, they never ever need to be sharpened for life. And it's because that metal is not going into your food. And so it stays sharp. But if you're getting cheap knives with soft metal, all that metal is going into your food. Now you have heavy metal poisoning. Wow, I never even thought of that. Yeah, there's you could go down this rabbit hole for a long time. When when recently it came out that um, everyone has little microplastics in them, and like it was a big news story. Like I'm like, yeah, d- like duh. Like even do you think drinking out of these plastic bottles is it's so obvious to me it's fucking horse shit that it can't be good for you. It cans, right? Like if you're drinking out of cans, that's all lined in plastic inside. Yeah. And it's and that doesn't look like strong plastic. It's like flimsy film plastic. Right. And and soda is like basically acid. 
it's probably breaking down that plastic. But yeah, we're eating like a credit cards worth of plastic. I was it every month or every week? Uh, Alan Keston ridiculous. Keston bomb says BS on the knives. He calls BS on your knife story. Well, you need to sharpen them periodically. Yeah, but why? Like where does where are right 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 those? right right that I think Alan that's his point. His point is is that the reason why you do need to sharpen them is because they're getting dull, and the reason why they're getting dull is they're losing that point. And where is that point going? It's going into your food. He's saying that as that dulls, that those small micro particles of steel are falling off into your food, and you're eating them. And you slow and yes, and I think Todd is right. You slowly become Wolverine. That's correct. <laughs> But then that's what Alan he's saying. Also, All the knives you have are Japanese. Okay, fine. Uh, what are you going to do today? What's your day going to be like today? You're, you're, in, you're it's eight forty one a.m. for you too, right? You're, in, you're in uh, yeah. San Diego. Yeah, I've actually been on the road. We were in Tulum for two for two weeks ago, and then last week we had all of our business partners from our business in town for an entire week. Uh, well, just the leaders, really, like 25 of them. And then we went to Vegas to see a private Tony Robbins thing. There's oh, like how was that? It was only like four hours long. And there was like 150 of us in the room or maybe even 100 or 200. A small group of, of us in the room. And he was talking mostly about the seasons, the cycles, right? Looking back and looking at the cycles of recession and good times and war and just basically being prepared like looking at the seasons of the economy and recognizing what season we're in now with this you know this pandemic and the recession that it's causing and understanding that what happens next is a war and to prepare for that right cuz people can succeed financially even within times of war and basically that's war does pull us out of a crisis a, a financial crisis an economic crisis and so he's he's saying that historically that's probably what's in our near future and just pay attention to the seasons did you like it i mean it was good for four hours i Normally, his stuff is like five days long. I don't know if I would sign up for one of those. By uh, by the way, I love you, man. I miss seeing you compete in jorts. This is the the knife guy. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> I um, used to cut my jorts with <clears throat> with kitchen knives so that they wouldn't be perfect. You're saying how much was that to see him for four hours? It was part of a program. So I I pay ten thousand dollars my fiance and I each pay around $10,000 for business coaching. And that was part of our yearly thing. So we've done it for the last two years. So it was free. I mean, it was just part of a something that we pay $1,000 a month for people love for, him. Net, for network marketing. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was the first time I've seen him. I, I, I was, I didn't need to go. Right. I drove all the way there. We drove all the way there and I liked 
seeing him. I liked the legacy that he has. He's been doing this for 50 years. He's been speaking on stage for 50 years in self-help and business development. He's, he speaks to, you know, celebrities and, and business moguls and superstars from all over the world. So it was really nice to see somebody who's a master in his craft. I like that part of it. Whether, you know, I know that some people think maybe negatively of people like him or even him. I've but, never heard uh, anyone say anything negative about him. It's the it's the upselling that some people that have money trauma don't like that he offers a cheap event and then when people are at like the height of their ecstasy, then it's like an upsell to a ten thousand dollar course. Which oh, oh. I mean, like I said, people with money trauma hate the sales process of the game that he's in. Yeah, I was trained to have money trauma. Is that what that's called? Yeah, and that's what I work with people on. Because I'm in multi-level marketing or network marketing where there's unlimited cap. We can make as much money as we want. And so that ultimately everyone gets their limit. And a lot of people's limit is a couple thousand dollars a month. And so when you get to that limit, you're, you're, you're at a ceiling, you're at a self-imposed ceiling of what you deserve or what you're willing to go for, what you're comfortable receiving in your bank account. And so in order for me to be successful, in order for me to have success in this business, it's up to my team members to be successful. So I have to inevitably work with people on their, their ceilings, their, their self-imposed limits of what they feel that they deserve for money. People don't understand that all of us are holding ourselves within our financial limits. Most of us wouldn't be comfortable making more than double what we've ever made in our entire life. So if you've only ever made $3,000 a month, if you find yourself in a situation where you're making $9,000 a month or $19,000 a month, you will have to be a different person or else you're going to fall back down to making $3,000 a month very quickly because you will self-sabotage your business, self-sabotage the relationships that hold that income structure in place because you're not comfortable being that person. And so there needs to be some sort of self-development work or reprogramming in the brain in order to make that possible. And a lot of it has to do with trauma. A lot of it has to do with the mom telling the kid that she hates her boss because her boss makes a lot more money. And if you make money, you're an evil person. And a lot of us have those programs in our brain. I had those. I, I mean, I do now. I'm at a, I don't, I don't. Limit. Mine's got, no, my, not me. <laughs> yeah. Mine's and gone. that's where we look at the elites of the planet Mine's and we gone. are envious of them, but we really think that they're bad. Well, it, it's, it's also a complete misunderstanding of how money works. The, like a rich me is so much is so good for the planet mm -hmm. because I spend money at the fucking nursery. Those are my hobbies. I plant trees. You, you want a fucking rich me. I, I tip kids who work hard and who are kind and push that reward people who are good. Right. You're, you have more power. Yeah, when I when I'm rich, the world is a better place. 
It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a much, it's a much, much better place. When I have money, um, I, I, I don't do stupid fucking things like these people who think it's cool. Like, um, every time they go through a toll bridge, they give twenty dollars to pay for the four people behind them. Go fuck off. There's plenty of times to fucking do good things. What I do is I, 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 thousand percent. You go crazy when you start making money and start sponsoring crazy podcasts or something like that. Yes, that's my one of my sponsors. What you do when you have money is you you in hopefully if you have enough situational awareness, what you do is when the mother who has three kids is at the store and she's ordering food and the, and it's forty two dollars and fifty cents and she realizes she's in the cash only store and she's visiting from Omaha but she doesn't have cash and you have the cash you do it you just pay for it. Yeah, I never told anyone this, but I you know, not because you're, you're being nice, not because you're no no none of that bullshit, right? Because not you can of Instagram post. Sorry, I uh, I did something like that, but I made a decision not to tell anyone because of what you're saying. Just okay, you can. Uh, everyone, stop listening. This is going to be yeah. private between Ron and I. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I was at the. DMV. I am no one. I was at the DMV, and this this couple literally were like, just. I saw the pain in their eyes when they discovered they had to pay a few hundred dollars mm-hmm. more than they thought, and. Yeah. Anyways, they were taken care of. Um, and it was like literally no big thing for me to do that. I, I try to give away in. And that was brought to you. You didn't search it. Right. That was brought to you. And in like the ayahuasca. Yeah. 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 It was like done. It was like, here, use my credit card done. Thank you. All right. I'm out of there. So like, it wasn't thinking it wasn't premeditated. Just, it just, it was in the flow in the flow but yeah i i like but that requires situational awareness a lot of people don't have that awareness or or they have something blocking them you know what i mean like they see someone who needs help across the street instead of stopping their car and helping them they think it would be awkward or weird or like we get caught up yeah like dude just do what you're fucking supposed to do you saw it to handle it There's a, there's, there's a lot of financial maps, right? And most of them have like a 5% or 10% allocates towards some sort of charity. And I pretty much like, am just looking for like when stuff like that comes, like I've already made a decision that the more money I make, the more, the more I give away. And so it just makes sense to give it away. I don't need to like actually go to a website and donate to some foundation. Although eventually having your own foundation seems to be with what a lot of wealthy people do for some sort of tax break or whatever they're doing, whatever witchcraft they're doing with that. But yeah, we didn't talk about anything for the last hour. Now we'll start talking about the good shit again. Yeah, I mean, the more money, the money is currency, right? And currency is it's is human energy. Electric. Money's money's human energy. Yeah, it's currency. It's yeah. it's literally like electric potential. And I give you a thousand dollars, and you come clean my yard for a month, and I use your human energy. It's stored sunlight, right? Mm. The the so which is human energy. That's where all of our energy comes from. It comes from the sun, and so everything is about accessing light and stored sunlight even in our food that's stored sunlight oil is the you know the 
what oil is taught to us. I don't know if it's true. It's, it's the biomass of, it's basically the fossils of trees and, and animals that were stuck in the earth and it, and it turns into oil. And then we use that oil for energy, but really it's all the light that was stuck in the trees or the, the animals. <laughs> and now we're releasing that potential energy and, and accessing it. But that's what money is, right? It's a symbol. That's what that I spend a week raking your leaves or an hour raking your leaves. I give you some of my light energy and you give me this symbol, this dollar, this, which is basically an IOU. And then we can trade it on the market and, and access other people's stored sunlight. But the more money, money first started, people thought it was crazy. Like, fuck you. I don't, want, all, fuck, it, I don't want your money. I need 100 oranges right now. Keep this bullshit. It started with debt. So it's all, it's all IOUs. So there's a book called Debt that explains how money came to be. But it's all, it's all an IOU. So if I do something for you or I give you something, let's say I give you a bushel of apples and then you don't pay me anything. You don't have a, uh, let's say that you're growing, um, you, you're like wood and you don't give me any wood back. You give me an IOU. So you owe me whatever the equivalent worth of the apples is. Now I have your IOU. I can then trade your IOU to somebody else to get some celery, right? Because, and then they would collect from you in the future. And then eventually it's just all IOUs and there's not yeah. really any tangible yeah. freaking thing yeah. that anybody can trade it in for. We used to be able to trade it in for gold or silver, but now it's literally they can just print more. And then now all of our IOUs become worth less. And that's what inflation is because they're just literally printing more IOUs without having anything backing it. And what did you so think about the cover why, of that book? What did you think about the, the picture on the cover of that book? Did you like it? Let me that see does that not make me, I, I, The way you described the book, I want to read it. The, the cover, the picture, like it makes me not want to read it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's the Babylon. Ba, so this wasn't in the book, but it's called the B- Babylonian money magic system. It's It's a way to enslave people. Yeah, on the cover is a is a ball and chain, right? Yeah, I don't like that. I like your description of it. Sounded cool, like practical. Like yeah, I, w- I was thinking, like you come over to my house and you bring the bushel of apples, and you see I have a pregnant horse, and you're like, hey, when well, I'll be back in a month when that ho- and uh, with more apples, and then uh, I'm going to p- take that horse for the cost of your new baby horse that's going to be here. Mm-hmm. Right. But now there's no horses. There's just it's just it's just numbers. People started making fake uh, IOUs. Like I came to your house to collect a horse and you're like, what's this? I'm like, it's an IOU that I traded for this guy. You're like, I never gave him that. So now they got money that's like specially made. Yeah. You think there's counterfeit money out there? You think counterfeiting is like a big thing? It has to be. I mean, money itself is all worthless. Like it. Even without our thoughts behind it, without the worth we give it. I mean, if you're ta- if you're worried about some random Joe printing fake money, it doesn't even need to go there because the people that actually print the money 
the private industry, the the banking system, they're yeah. printing fake money. Yeah. But it's already were, fake. Yeah. And then you're printing fake fakes. Fake. Yeah. The whole so idea. it doesn't even matter. It's 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 all worthless. It's just we all agree that it's worth something. Um I've I've been uh see, Greg's been talking that's a where lot. Where the nine hundred dollar belt doesn't freaking matter, right? Like that's where like like from one perspective, it's like, what is this nine hundred dollars? Like, what actually are these nine hundred dollar bills? Well, that's also something that people don't understand too. They, someone might say that that's a waste. It's only that's not up to anyone to decide, but you, because that nine hundred dollars has it's actually the opposite of a waste. You've now let let that nine hundred dollars back into the system. So now some of that's going to go to the person who works at the Louis Vuitton store. Some of that's going to go to the person who owns the building that's renting the space to them. Some of that's going to go to the people in China, the um who who made it with slave labor. Okay, not very much of it, um, but. That, that's Plus, another thing that people it. don't understand. It, that you, you cannot waste money. And the only time I've ever seen money 900. wasted is when Mayweather burnt a $100 bill in a strip club. I think that probably is the only way. But he'll make more money because of that. Same right, but what I'm you- saying is, is that someone else could have had that. But when you say I bought a Bentley for 50 million and someone's like, but I could have had that. But all the people who that 50 million is going to that are in the ecosystem of that Bentley are like, fuck you, I'm glad he bought the Bentley. But also they don't understand that there's going to be billions of dollars of business deals done in that Bentley or that private airplane. Right. And so the people that are spending money, like my $900 belt will make me more than $900. Like it will be employed. It will be something that is now an asset for me because it'll make me more money in business. Wait, uh, I don't know. You, you lost me there. Why? Cause it'll make you feel more confident or. It's a, it's a, so a lot of our communication is done non-verbally right so it goes into my arsenal of non-verbal communication and whether people know it or not people are looking you up and down actually it's the first thing you do when you meet somebody you look that you look they definitely look you up and down yeah they look at you up and down and they're making a bunch of decisions based on what they see and in my business some of those decisions are like i i don't really you know am I actually successful in what I do? And a way to determine that is the amount of money in the bank account. I actually, by law, can't tell people the amount of money in my bank account. I can't tell people how much I get paid. So I actually, part of my job is to show people unconsciously or consciously. Why can't you tell people how much you have in your bank account? The FTC regulates my industry. And in my industry, people can start the business for basically free. Um, but if they are, if I tell them that I make, you know, the, the amount of money that I make, they, the FTC regulates it because they feel that people are going to want to be in business with me, come into the multi-level marketing structure and think that they're going to make that amount of money. It's just a way to regulate us so that we're not taking advantage of other people, which we would, in my particular case, I wouldn't take advantage of other people, but there are people that feel like, yeah, FTC regulates, you know, to prevent deception and fraud and unfair business practices. So 
me going around saying, Hey, if you do what I do, you get paid this amount. They don't really want people doing that and telling them, showing them my paychecks might be crossing that line, but they still do need to know that what I do, I do make good money doing this and that they do have an opportunity to do that. And so actually I, just like when you own a gym, you get paid to work out. That could be looked at as selfish because you're spending all day working out, but you actually, you're the billboard for your business. So it's the same thing with what I do. I help people make money. That's what my job is, is I, I only make money when I recruit in a team and help them make money. That's like uh, when Greg put his arm around Jason Kalipa at the 2008 CrossFit Games and said, this is the product. Mm-hmm. This is the product. This is what we're selling. Are you working out still? I just started doing some yoga during the week and, and Pilates. Like I just started doing that. Are you doing hot Pilates? No. My wife has gotten really into hot Pilates. Man, the the hot stuff is is good. It's like a just like saunas, good for you. She said she says it's like being in a sauna. She said it's really dry and hot. Yeah, and she says, and the people in there are the most beautiful people you've ever seen in your life. She said I would fucking lose my mind in there. So is she doing it on the floor or is she on a reformer? I think she's on the floor. And she says another thing is is they'll just pack the room. Like I like, are there twenty people in there? She goes, there should be. I go, oh, what do you mean? She goes, there's 40 or 60. She said, they'll just keep letting them come in. Just lay out a mat and get to work. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. People get addicted to that hot stuff. That's how hot yoga is too. The, the rooms are full. And then it's even more hot. Yeah. That's you that. probably, God, you must, you must look amazing in that space. Do you, um, do you, do you miss, I mean, I, you still have a nice body. I was looking at your Kree of the week, but um, do you miss any of your muscle? The thing is, is that you can't really move when you, if you're stacked with muscle, I couldn't move. I should say there are people that have great mobility and lots of muscle. I never really got into mobility when I was younger. So for me, more muscle equals less movement and, and more pain. And so, yeah, do I, do I miss the muscle? Not necessarily. What I would like is functioning muscle and I don't really have an ability to to do that because I have so many injuries. So if I just do traditional workouts that build muscle, my body starts to get more unfunctional. Really? Um, like if you do like bench press and pull-ups and, and some air squats? It, it- yeah. I would probably need to go to physical therapy for a long time. And if anybody knows of really, really good physical therapy in Orange County or Southern California, I'd I'd like to go there. I've got a lot of issues to take care of in my body. In Where my are tissues, they? Issues in my tissues. So I have a dead nerve in my right inner knee area. And so my right uh, rectus femoris muscle of my quadricep doesn't really fire properly. So what happens is my right IT band gets super tight because it's doing all of my, my leg extension. So for instance, if I squat, there's my right IT band just gets tight because it's doing the work of my rectus femoris muscle. And then it just starts pulling my hips over to the right and it just starts making everything hurt. My ankles, my left knee, my hips. And I must have something fucked up like that too. I'm a mess too. 
and I've got you think that, elbows, you think that could be shoulders. fixed? You think that can be fixed with therapy? We'll talk about acceptance. No, I don't know. I feel like I broke a nerve in my knee gymnastics in a gymnastics gym once. And so I think that's why the nerve's dead. I also have a dead nerve that a chiropractor injured in my cervical spine. So now my shoulders kind of do the same thing that I was just talking about with my legs. So I'm at a point and I, I was dealing with this all through CrossFit as well. I was like, uh, Frankenstein, like my body never felt connected. And so I did well, cause I was able to mentally push past everything, but that's why I didn't really train as hard as I sh- could and should have, because I would have just had neck problems and hip problems and back problems. And so I just really competed. I just went to the open and regionals and then I just, the rest of the year did yoga and Pilates and stretched at the beach. So man, you, what a life. How old are you? 39. Man, you look good. Do but you have any gray in that thing? In that yeah, thing? yeah. There's a lot of gray. That because I see streaks in it, but I but I can't tell what the what what it is. Yeah, I've had gray hair. I bleached my hair when I was 17 to be like Eminem, and uh, I went bleach blonde way back then. I don't know if probably at, everyone remembers when you think that's funny, Caleb. <laughs> when he said it to be like Eminem, you thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys do that? I what, would say, what? no, Caleb. When's the last time you bleached your hair? <laughs> Not once. I've never bleached my hair. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous, but my friends were doing it, so I let them put bleach in my head, and I and they burnt my scalp because they left super concentrated bleach in my hair for two hours, and then my whole head was a giant scab. But I had blonde wow. hair. Uh, the first I went to a hotel one time and narrowed my body. Sorry, did you ever narrow your body? No, but I had hockey teammates that did that. That shit's crazy. I've I've narrowed my body a few times, like my chest and back, and left that shit on too long. Fuck, and you could smell like that. You could smell shit burning. It's like a chemical. You feel you, you know, like when you burn plastic as a little kid with the lighter. You're like, what's that smell? It's like that. Oh, hair burning. Yeah, has that weird smell. Yeah, Nair does that. Um, so, so, so sorry. So you bleached your hair. You did so much damage d- during the bleaching process. That, that I don't know. That's you had gray hair. It, but ever since then, I, that's when gray hair started. It was, I had no grays before that moment. And I don't, I've tried looking. I don't think that that's what's supposed to call cause gray hair, but it did with me. And then, I, you know, I'm, I am, I deal with a lot of stress my whole life being business owner and stuff. So. Mm. I don't think have any wrinkles. You don't really have any wrinkles. Well, I mean, compared to 10 years ago, I do. You're Asian though too, right? What are you? You're like Filipino or something? Half half Filipino. And what's the other half? Are those Asians? Are Filipinos right. Asian? They're Manny Pacquiao's Filipino, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's Asian. They're technically Asian, but it's not like it's like Islander. It's more of like Pacific Islander than yellow. Like, like if the rock and a, like, or if like a, a Samoan and a Chinese dude had a kid, that would be uh Filipino. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it's all. And I even think Spain had some influence over the genetics 
in the Philippines because they're, you know, the, the conquerors go around and inseminate. <laughs> what you know, you know how like the first dog is a wolf and like all the other dogs come from that. What, what is the first person? So, I mean, that's, that's the question. That's what I was talking about with the rhesus monkey gene. Yeah. Like what it, what is humans? And there's many different theories on that. There's, there's the theory of evolution that we just naturally evolved from an ape, right? Like an ape just turned into a human, but there seems to be some genetic manipulation in our chromosomes and our DNA where it looks like there was, there was intervention probably from extraterrestrial races so if you look at like what an ape mixed with an extraterrestrial would look like, then you you would get us. And so I, if I needed to guess or needed to say what I most believe, then I would say that there's there was intervention in the naturally occurring species on this planet, like ape being like one of the highest evolved, and then they they basically like upgraded the ape with their own DNA, which is what is in every single religious text as well. Like uh, the gods coming in and making a man right in the garden of Eden, which could be a laboratory. Athena fucked uh, the goddess of Athena fucked blah, blah, blah. And they yeah. made this kid We're all was a half, titan, half, half gods. Yeah. Um, we had talked about this before, but in that book, um, talking about the, the other planets and, and what lessons you could learn there or other dimensions or, or whatnot, um, there's this book, Stranger in a Strange Land. And the biggest takeaway in the book for me was he's tripping because on all the other planets, um, you procreate, um, just, you just procreate. You, you just think just, about it. Yeah. And you procreate and, and, and those creatures are all enlightened, but they don't get the enjoyment of procreation. And he says, what's crazy about m mankind and earth is on earth, you can procreate and be enlightened. You can procreate with an opposite sex and be enlightened, but we're fucking it all up. We squander it with fighting and jealousy and anger, but we're actually like, we have the greatest, we're, we, we're having our cake and eating it too. And yet, and yet we're squandering it. Whereas on these other planets, it's, it's not like that. The enlightened creatures, they don't get to enjoy the, the. The titties to put in the most. That book is amazing. Stranger in a Strange Land. Yes. Oh fuck! It, you read it? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm there. The crazy rock. The word yes. rock comes yes. from that book, right? Yes, yes. That book is so good. I can't believe one man wrote that. It's every religion in one in one book, and it's in the fucking sci-fi section. Like, how is I, this sci-fi? I think I'm gonna go back and read reread the part at the very end he comes i mean some people want to read the book but he comes out and he's just like this epitome of of a human and he's standing in front of the crowds of people and i think that there is like a page where they describe like him being born and raised on mars and then coming to earth and then integrating both the planets and at the very end of the book he like walks out in front of the people and then they describe how he is in that moment. And I want, I want to go reread that because that was like the accumulation of all of his knowledge from both planets in one moment right before. Because just like you decide to procreate, you also just decide to, to die, basically.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe we should read that book together. I, I, I won't read it. I'll listen to it. And then um, and then do a show on what we think about it. Like go back and I, I mean, I haven't listened to it in fucking 10 years. Yeah. I mean, and then the cool thing is that the strange land is Earth, right? Yeah. He's the stranger from Mars. He was born and raised in Mars, raised by Martians. And then they, <laughs> it's all core. It's, there's so many hidden things, right? Because then the corporations get, the reason why they went and got him from Mars is because he technically owns Mars because he's the only human there. And their laws say that like the first inhabitants are the ones that own the land and they wanted to go own Mars, but they realized that there is already a human there and he owns all of Mars. And so they bring him back to earth to try and get him to sign the contracts to give over Mars to the corporate, the corporations here. Um, uh, um, I don't remember any of that. I just remember the, the, there's a lot of sex in the book and I just like that. There's also another theme. It's called water brothers on Mars. Oh yeah. So these are the themes. You have good memory. (laughs) And it's because I reference this book a lot. So let's say like in the spiritual community, like sharing water and, and ceremony is, is, is important. And I usually reference, the the concept of a water brother because i forget the guy's name i forgot it's like a normal name like the guy who's the 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 human on mars on mars there's no water and so water is very sacred for them mike 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 literally shares water with the people whom he chooses to be water brothers kind of yeah it's kind of like a sacrament of a church ceremony the act brings together those who choose to partake in the event. So a water brother is anybody who you share water with. And on Mars, there's no water. So they literally like eat their dead to, to save the water, right? To, to take on the waters. And it's actually like very, it's like an honor if you give your waters to, to your family. And anybody that you share water with becomes your water brother because it's so sacred on that planet but he comes to earth and there's water everywhere so he's telling them that when you become a water brother with somebody you're bonded like beyond life like it's like it's an eternal bond it's 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 more than our concept of a friend and that's the greatest thing about this book is that we have our concepts of how things are on earth but in that book you attain similar concepts, but they're different. Like the word grok. Grok, by like how we would know it, would mean to understand. It means to comprehend. But grok is is more than just understanding or comprehending. It's like knowing it greater than like we even know what knowing means. And so that book kind of just gives otherworldly knowledge, even if it's fiction, like who knows what it is, but even if it's fiction, you get a a contrast from a different planet on some things like comprehension or what it is to be a friend with somebody. Because a water brother is so much more than a friend. It's like someone that you actually shared this sacred ceremony with. It is, it's, it's an incredible book. And that's kind of like, 
Yeah. It rocked super, me. Super awesome. Uh, the, the fact that he brings in so many different aspects and qualities of in, in stories of religions and incorporates them all into one giant story. It's a, uh, what was the guy's name who wrote it? Was it Bruce something? I don't know. Hen, I think you know who last- he was friends with? He was friends with, uh, yeah, yes, Robert, Robert Heinlein. I think he was friends with um, uh, Ray Bradbury and uh, the guy who wrote Dianetics, the Scientology guy too. They were all uh, sci-fi writers in that same time, and I think they were all friends. I think they all hung out in Santa Cruz together. And you know who else they were friends with? The guy who wrote The Birds or, or made that movie, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. I think all those cats were friends. Kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean – they swam in the same. They swam in the same uh, same circles together. Yeah, the, these 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 people are of great influence, and I feel that they get their their information from otherworldly places. I mean, that's what Scientology is all about, right? Is like there is some alien stuff in it too. Same thing with Mormonism. There's like they literally talk about extraterrestrials. The Mormons have that. Yeah, I think I think I I don't know anything about this, but I did date a two or three Mormons for three years each. But so I forget John Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's their dude. That's their dude. Yeah, so John Smith, I believe, and I'm terrible memory here though. He woke up in the middle of the night. He was summoned to go to like a tree or something by an extraterrestrial. I think they actually say, like they don't reference it as like a god. I think it's actually by like another planet. And then he discovers these golden books. And that's what their entire religion is based off of. I might be getting this completely wrong, but I do believe that Mormons are into the alien thing and they get mad and they have magic underwear too. I switched from head and shoulders to verb head and shoulders was all alcohol verb head. And sh- My, oh, this guy must be, be behind in the uh, podcast and he's just read the section. He's at the section where we're talking about shampoo. Do you ever wash your hair? Yeah, I do now. I didn't when I had short hair like yours, I just rinsed it with water, but now like, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a favorite. I don't know what shampoo is the best. I'm just searching still. Why not just run water through it? Like, and and like, yeah, like I don't use shampoo. I just, I just run my, I just have water on it and just rub it really, really hard. Yeah. That's all I did when I had short hair. But when my hair gets longer, there's like oil. It's more like an oil thing that gets kind of like caked in there. I don't really take that much showers as well. So I think it's like a combination of that. And then, yeah, it also tangles. So really, really, you don't shower every day. No, doesn't, don't you sleep better when you shower? That's why I shower. Just like if you get sticky. Yeah. That's the most of the reason why I'm like, all right, I need, I feel like I'm getting like sticky or grimy, Yeah, but that's not every day. Right. 
nobody who's listening to this knows about the Mormon religion. And if I'm saying is completely, cause I don't know, I don't know. I want to make it known that I don't know about if what I was saying was true. It's what I think I remember. I don't put, I don't put coconut oil in my hair. No, if I did, um, I put, there's this mud, it's this stuff just called mud. It's like a clay. And basically right before the podcast, I push it in and I put it on my beard and I put it in my mustache. But within like an hour of this being over, I'll, I'd look like just a fucking madman. Like just the shit just will fucking just start exploding everywhere. And that's it. And the rest of the day, no one, I don't think, at least I never think I look the same. I, I don't think like I walk around in my life looking like the same guy on the podcast. When I look at myself in the mirror later on in the day, I'm like, holy shit, that's not like, man, I hope no one, <laughs> no one watches the podcast ever sees this version of me. My hair is getting too, like it's this ball on top of my head is getting a little bit hard to manage. Have you thought and about just for, for ease, just shaving everything off and starting over? I have. But for right now, I actually feel my hair. Like it's, it gives it, I feel it. Like it's like a limb, like it, it's tangible. Like I feel that it's, it's a part of my body. Oh, that's nice. Is that nice? Yeah. So if I, I feel, and it might all be bullshit, but I feel like if I cut it off, it would be, I would be missing it. And then the only reason why I think about cutting it off is because then I'm thinking, am I getting too attached to this oh. and, and i think it's so, okay to be attached to it so do i but i'm also playing with that too it's like am i just keeping this because i'm attached to it now and do is there is there something to be gained by cutting it off and being somebody else i, I think that I, I don't know how long it'll be but it'll probably just be one day i just cut it off if that happens i won't even think about it for very long when I cut off my hair, I do it because for fr for freedom from managing my hair. It's and so when nice. I and when I grow my hair, I grow it from freedom of having to do to cut my hair. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the same mechanism. But then it gets to like this length, and I start to have like a look, and I kind of like manipulating the world with this look because I I can see how people react to this, right. And so I'm like, okay, I'll take advantage of that. You know what I mean? I was surprised at the difference that people, they treat you nicer. They trust you more. They're, when you have longer hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I'm the total grandpa now. I'm, I'm yeah. no threat to anyone. I just cruise around. I'm just a, a just a wise, benevolent dude. And I'm just right. chill. And I You're just not trying to steal their girlfriend. Nope, not getting any pussy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not getting any pussy. I mean, except for just the just the local the pussy that lives in my house, but um, local. the local pussy. Yeah, you just accept it, and you're just like. But but I think the guests are more comfortable with this look. <clears throat> so, did I lose you? You froze. I'm just no. I'm reading uh, oh. some Mormon stuff. They did call it an angel, Maroni. Yeah, yeah. The uh... In 1823, Joseph Smith said that he was invited by an angel named Maroney who told him of an ancient record containing God's dealing with the former inhabitants of the American continent. God, I have to pee so bad. You went pee once, huh, Caleb? You should drink your pee. Oh, God. On the Episode podcast. three with Ronnie Teasdale, Raw of Earth. 
Drink your pee. Someone yesterday told me that um, you ate your semen. I have. And I told them that the only way that that works is if the semen is not exposed to oxygen. Yeah. I mean, I was just doing Which means that. you have to get it right from the source. <laughs> I didn't make that that leap. Thank but you. Uh, I just, I yeah, there's other way. You don't have to eat it. No. I don't think it's as powerful as just conserving it and not releasing it and moving the energy up. But that was kind of before I discovered all of that stuff. Um, what did it taste like? Like uh, chalky and it kind of sticks to your teeth. You know, sometimes oh, yeah, I can imagine it sticking to your teeth. It sticks. Sometimes it's, it's sticky. You know how, well, it was it, not necessarily this not sticky, like sugary sticky, but it's sticky. It's uh. You know when you eat spinach and it like makes your teeth kind of like chalky. Like if you eat raw spinach, it makes your teeth feel dry. I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I remember that feeling. What does it taste like? It's it was it was so long ago. I just did it a few times. um, Because why not? Yeah, yeah. It's your life. It's it's (laughs) your it's your laboratory. Right. Experiment. You don't get. You didn't get. Did you get sick at all? No, this is like I don't mean sick like 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 uh, like uh, uh, two hours later you get sick. I mean just like like you're oh like, like it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I think that once you make a decision to do it, yeah, then that that goes away. I feel like it's kind of like drinking a raw egg. Like you can get sick if you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. This tastes disgusting in your mouth, or you can just do it. The cool thing about the raw egg is, is it just goes down. But if you're <laughs> like, 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 it's like, meant to be sticky, so it sticks in the vagina and doesn't fall out. That's like the whole. <sighs> uh, was your salty or sweet? I do remember salt. It's, it's, it's been so long. I don't, I'm kind of like, it's loose. It's, it's out of my memory. Mine is mine tastes like horseradish, like wasabi. I know I'm just making that up. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, do you, anyone have a uh, their sinus is clogged up? Um, thank you. I I, I can't hold. I it's I, I I had to go pee at an hour and a half, and I tried to get off, and now we're at two and a half hours, and my fucking bladder is going to explode, and I might even poop now. Um, but thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always fun. Beautiful house. Thanks. Beautiful show. All Glad you millions doing well. Thank you. All you millions of people out there watching, thank you. Caleb, thank you. I saw you throw up a little bit in your mouth when we talked about eating the semen. It's okay. It's not for everyone. 